I've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are talking about the 80s sci-fi action classic, RoboCop. To help me talk about it, I'm very happy to be joined once again by one of my favorite people to talk movies with. Uh, it's Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. Carmelita, how are you? Hey, friend. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I am glad to have you back because it's been quite a while, I think. I has like, it? I guess it, it has. Time is a <laughs> construct. Is, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what know. is time? Well, I think I, I started recording the Indiana Jones thing in like end of May. For and wow. then so yeah. so it's almost August. We're like and so and I haven't done an episode with you since. So that for How us is that's that a long possible? time. I don't I don't know where the summer's like gone. I don't know what's going on. We're in a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I <laughs> A scary one where time disappears. <laughs> I, yes. I don't like it. Um, it's gone by so fast, but I am happy to talk to you again because yeah, it's been a while. Um, talk about Robocop, one of my favorite movies. I'm not gonna bury the lead here and just tell people. No, we I love think they it. No, it's in the theme song. So I was like, yeah, I think they know how much yeah. I love Robocop. Well, and hopefully faithful film feast listeners heard Total Recall episode. Yes, I hope I hope so, because I and they I told... would know our Verhoeven top three. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We did do our top three. So I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I told you because like I kind of was bouncing ideas back and I was like, people seem to love that Total Recall episode. I was like, is it Schwarzenegger? Is it Verhoeven? Is it is it do they love us? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like could be all three. Could be all three. <laughs> but I was like, let's do more Verhoeven because um, I find him fascinating. <laughs> so as do um, I. Yes. So um yeah we'll talk about robocop talk about what we've seen lately one thing i have to do and make right from our question episode that we did last week i missed a question from our friend dirk marshall vhs podcast um because i was jumping around between questions and i skipped over his and i realized after the fact i was like i felt bad so i was like dirk we will answer your question on the next episode <laughs> so it's like a three-parter it's like three different questions in one so um we'll do this lay it on me it. This may be hard. Okay, so I don't know. Uh, number one is confess your cinematic blind spots. Oh, okay. I've never seen Schindler's List. Wow. I don't know. I'm so like I have big ones. I'm like, what? No, I took me a long time to see Schindler's List because I didn't know. I knew it would be a heavy watch. And but it's great. It is really great. Like it's something I don't know how often I'll ever I'll watch it again. But but it's a great movie. But I actually, and, I don't and know I was, I I'd like to see it and I right. will get around to it. There's not, I'm not being obstinate or like purposefully avoiding it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't think you were. Like, I was like, unlike oh, was... Avatar, <laughs> I refuse 
Listen, I'm going to go, go to bat for Avatar. <laughs> I don't want to. The sequel made me enjoy the first Avatar more. So, <laughs> listen, I was not really on board either. I'm like, Avatar is good. But yeah, I saw the second one. I was like, I think I love both Avatar movies. <laughs> like, I completely changed my tune. Um, okay. I mean, that's, a, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, yeah. I, hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia still. <laughs> which is kind of like a running joke at this point. Um, I'm not going to give you shit because I don't think that's helpful. <laughs> but I I'm excited for you. The day will come. And when it does, yes. <laughs> you're going to have the experience. A beautiful experience. And I'm going to be really excited for you when that I when that finally happens. That. I'm sure you know, I will because I, I actually it's funny that he had this question because I think I've been trying to knock out like cinematic blind spots more this past year or so um like i just watched a big one recently deer hunter three hour long yeah. drama that i kind of didn't want to see because i'm like it seems depressing and it is very depressing <laughs> it's very bleak um it's really good it's really good so stuff like that where i'm like oh i finally see the deer hunter and i i will see lawrence arabia i actually went to my letterbox watch list and flipped it to like popularity to see nice. the movies that are on my list i haven't seen number one most popular movie according to letterbox of all time i've never seen is before sunrise oh <laughs> not a fan so i finally watched that uh -huh. for the first time like in the last year it's not for me oh okay <laughs> it's no fault of the movie it's a but just a personal taste thing it's yeah, just not I'm, for me i i understand people love it i feel like i've never been in the mood to watch it because I don't know, like, uh, I know it's like a, a romance movie, but then they kind of have to go their separate ways. And there's two more as well. And I feel like yes. when I've heard about the sequels. Uh, maybe they won't go the way you might want them. I don't know. It just sounds like sure. it might be kind of a road I don't want to go down. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I will. I'm sure, again, I will see it at some point. Um, actually, being John Malkovich is on this list pretty high. Oh, got to see that. I know. I, I know. I got to see that. I haven't seen The Graduate. Well, it's oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Being John Malkovich started streaming recently. Oh. Like in the last year, I finally saw it available somewhere. So you better hop on that because it okay. might not it might not stay available. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Uh, I should see that. I mean, there's some other ones I could list, but those are definitely the biggest ones. I think there's a lot of older classics I still haven't seen some foreign classic movies I haven't seen. So you know, there's only so much time to yeah. see all these movies. Over a hundred years of cinema. There's going right. to be plenty. <laughs> so you know? I feel like I'm doing pretty good this year, though. I've knocked off some big ones. So I'm uh, trying to knock off like the, the big blind spots. So um, work in okay. progress. Yeah, yeah, it's all constant work in progress. <laughs> like it never ends. Um, okay, second question. Uh, you have to reboot a major franchise. Who do you cast and what new direction do you take? This is a really hard one to answer. I don't know why I said this is a this easy is, question. <laughs> this is real difficult in part because, you know, I'm I'm one of those people who's very cynical about reboots. Mm -hmm. And there are some that I've given a chance and ended up enjoying and others that I'm just like, nah, I want no part of that. <laughs> OK, here, here's yeah. what I'll say. I always wanted when I was a kid and my, my brother was into comics and he would read ghostwriter comics. And I always wanted 
a ghostwriter movie, we used to talk about it uh-huh. in like the late <laughs> 80s, early 90s. Like, man, I hope someday the special effects are good enough that they could do a ghostwriter movie. And then they did. And I <laughs> and it was not what I wanted. So I would love if there was uh-huh. a ghostwriter reboot, if it wasn't Disney, if it was rated R. Oh, please, yeah. And thank you. <laughs> Who would I want to play Johnny Blaze? I don't know. That's that the part, part I'm, I'm not sure. I'm with because I'm already thinking of mine. I have I can answer the rest of it, but I don't know who I'd cast as my person. So you want to do to your way? It says the other what new direction you take it. So you want to take a hard R? Yes. Writer. Okay. Ghost yeah, yeah. Rider needs to be rated R. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it is crazy we even have a Ghost Rider movie because it's one of those characters where I didn't think there'd be a movie of Ghost Rider. <laughs> like I always wanted it. Yeah, I, I thought it was very cool as a kid. I was like, this guy's cool as shit. He's got a flaming head, skull head and rides on a motorcycle. Yes. Like, wh- I mean, how badass is that? And uh, have you seen the sequel to uh, Ghost Rider? Some people uh, like it better because it's no. crazier. Some people think it like, go. It's some people hate it, I think. It's the guys who did Crank. Like, give you an idea of how it is. Okay. Like, uh, if you love or hate Crank, I don't know. And people think I know some people have said like, oh, it goes like crazier than the first Ghost Rider. I don't know. Plus, I can just jump into it. There's no origin. I feel sure. like a lot of that first Ghost Rider is like a lot, a of lot setup. of origin. Here's my thing. I don't want crazier. I want darker. <laughs> I want grittier. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I loved about the comic. That's what I want. Yeah, we need like if they did like the first Blade, like a Ghost Rider that was kind of in the style of like. He's a little, he's more fantastical than that, but it's, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I like the idea. I don't know who, yeah, I don't know who you get to play him. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I, I think one that I would think of that comes up a lot because people, I, people are always like, why haven't they rebooted this yet? Is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. <laughs> because they did that remake like 2010, Ugh. <laughs> which, I, which I do not like <laughs> at all. I walked around for years thinking it was good and saying like it's underrated and i rewatch it and i was like oh no what was i talking about <gasps> that <laughs> like, hurts it does it does i saw it at midnight it was a midnight screening so it was probably a little delirious and probably okay, so you were delirious you were sleep deprived yeah. <laughs> you were i was with a crowd that was the first crowd so you probably a little more energy and i was like it's good <laughs> i'm like it's not great but it's good i walk around and i'm like then i watch it I'm like oh no i don't like anything about this so um that seems, I mean, they reboot everything in horror. Horror makes money. Why would you not? I don't know what the rights issue is, but Could Nightmare be. on Elm Street, I would take it in a, like, I mean, it, they've all been R, but like, keep it very dark. I would, I would keep it darker, like, because the, the, the sequels got more and more kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Even I like a lot of the sequels, but more comedic, more comedic. Sure. Freddie gets way more comedic. He's saying bitch every, every line, you know, <laughs> yes. um, which is entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but I would keep it darker. They, I thought the reboot did a terrible job with like, um, like the dream sequences. Not creative at all, from what I remember. It's like mm. you need like really creative, like dream slash kill set pieces. Like, um, do that. So I, I have no idea who could play Freddy Krueger. Like, uh, that I, is hard. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I, all I can see is Robert England. When they said Jackie O'Haley was the guy, I'm like, well, he's a good actor. He's like a weird little guy. Sure. Yeah. But then he's like, it's not great. Um, uh-huh. If anyone has ideas for a new Freddy Krueger, let me know because I got nothing. Uh, but I, yeah, like we both have the same problem. We're like, I don't know who you cast as this person, but you know, that's what we want. So, okay. Um, last question. This is, it's very silly. Um, favorite expository song from a soundtrack. 
So like Howard the Duck, Wild Wild West, Ghostbusters. Oh. Um, I mean, I love the Ghostbusters theme song. Like I could, I never get tired of that song. I find it insanely catchy. Like love it since I was a little kid. Um, it's good. I mean, it's fun. I want, I want one that's like, like a movie or a song that really explains like what happened in the movie, like a rap or something that's like, you know, breaks on the whole plot. Like, <laughs> I feel like the end of Heavyweights might do that. The Ben Stiller comedy. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I feel like. Does, would Bat Dance count? Maybe. Prince, I... Bat Dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. It's even got, it's even got samples of dialogue from the oh. film in it. Yeah. Prince's say... Bad Dance. I put that on sometimes <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. The samples that were chosen, I mean, are just really great. I also, I'm going to say this right now. I kind of love the songs in um, Howard the Duck. All I know is the main, like, Howard the Duck. The Duck. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> that's good. That's a catchy I'm song. A, I'm a fan of Cherry Bomb. Wasn't that the name of the band? Cherry Bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, that is a good one. I do like the Men in Black theme song. Which is really catchy. Okay. Uh, he mentioned Wild Wild West, which is the best part of that movie. Is <laughs> the, the song? It's a very catchy song. I can't um, hear that anymore. I <laughs> I don't want that anymore. <laughs> I don't want no part of this anymore. I want no part of that anymore. <laughs> I understand. Um, I had to listen to somehow they came up recently, and I was like, man, I used to love Will Smith as a little kid. Like the first CD I think I got with my first boombox was a Will Smith CD. Cause my mom was like, was my mom was like, he raps clean, so you can have so you can have a Will Smith oh. CD. <laughs> and uh because like, parents just don't understand. They just, they just don't understand. You know? Yeah. I wanted like DMX and she was like, How about Will Smith <laughs> instead? Parents just don't understand. They don't, they don't. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, but um God, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't think of any more <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, I'm going with Bat Dance for mine. I say it counts, and that's what I'm doing. I, I'm just, I'm gonna stick with. He gave Ghostbusters. I'll I'll roll with Ghostbusters. That's you know. I mean, that's a classic. Yeah, it's one of those songs too that I've you know. There's so many songs I've heard in my life that I never want to hear again because I've heard them a thousand times. Like right, but Ghostbusters, not one of them. I can still hear. <laughs> I wonder if some of the songs from Flashdance would count. I don't know. I the, I know there's like a whole thing, maybe like late 80s, early 90s, where like a lot of movies would end with like, if it was a kid's movie, like the kids singing a whole bunch of things about the plot or like rapping. Right. Or there were movies to end with like a whole rap about like what happened in the movie. Yeah, because the song, Flashdance, what a feeling, like, it, uh, like it doesn't say Flashdance in the lyrics, but... Right. The song is very clearly like it's for the movie and Maniac from Flashdance too. Oh, the yeah. lyrics were changed to make them fit. Like they found that song and then they kind of tailored it <laughs> to the outlandish plot of Flashdance. Which, hey, that's one of your blind spots. Oh, that's your, oh, I do. Don't yeah. think I forgot. Don't <laughs> think I forgot that you haven't seen Flashdance. Oh my God. Yeah, my girlfriend reminds me about Dirty Dancing all the time that I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. <laughs> she's like that's a great double right there friend that is a good double yeah yeah i man i have yeah there's a bunch of 80s like i don't know what you call them just like 
dramas or I don't know, like uh, that I haven't seen or I don't know what dance movies specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like no dirty dancing, no flash dance. Uh, haven't seen cocktail. I don't think <laughs> that's a big Okay. <laughs> I don't know. My girlfriend's going to be like, you got to see cocktail. And I was like, do I need to see cocktail? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, yeah, there's, I have so many. It's, you know, there's so much, only so much time to watch all these movies. So, um, okay, Dirk, I hope you enjoyed our, us answering your question or questions. I enjoyed <laughs> answering the question. So thank you, Dirk. Yeah, those are good. Thank you, Dirk. I, I'm sorry I missed them again. I'm glad I hope we made up to you. So, um, okay, now we can talk about stuff we've seen lately. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. I got a few things for you. And okay. I've actually been on a really good run. That's always nice. <laughs> That's always good. But like a lot of weird stuff that I was like, Matt doesn't want to hear about this. And some things that I was like, you know, maybe we'll talk about it some other time. <laughs> but I got a few for you. OK. Uh, So just the other night I watched this. And I was blown away. So this is not a new movie. This is an old movie, but new to me. And I noticed when I was logging it on Letterboxd that only like. 1.5 like 1500 people have what have logged it on letterboxd wow so <laughs> very little and like i don't think there was maybe one person that i follow on there that had seen it mm. yield to the night from 1956 directed by jay lee thompson <laughs> it's cool i it's really well done it's a diana doors plays a woman on death row and she's you so you're spending time with her on death row and she's she's you know confined and she the only company she has is the guards and then she kind of flashes back to the events that led to her committing a murder mm -hmm. and it's black and white really beautifully shot the way they kind of go back and forth between her current life within the prison walls and her remembering what got her there is edited really nicely she's it's a really interesting character kind of her person the personality of this character who finds herself in this predicament the kind of the psychology of her, how she wound up a murderer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. I've never, I've never even heard of it. Highly that. <laughs> recommend it. Highly recommend it. What's the title again? Yield to the Night. Okay. I'm, Loved I'm sorry, it. Add to my list right now. <laughs> yeah. No, please do. It's. I thought it was incredible. It's always funny when you find something in Letterboxd where you're like, wow, nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> like, I look at, like, the people who watch it. I'm like, that is not a lot of people who've uh, who've seen this. Right? Is it also called? Folks, oh, get on it, it has an alternate name. You might have said, I'm sorry, you said this. Blonde Sinner was the alternate I name? I didn't know. Oh, That's okay. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was that what they released it under in the U.S.? <laughs> I Maybe because, okay, I went to IMDb and I was like, oh, Yield to the Night's not coming up. But it came off a blonde sinner, which sounds Let, like a weird I'm, porn title. I'm I'm curious because this is, you know, this is one of those things when something is released in one country and then gets a different title when it's released in elsewhere. <laughs> also known as I'm sure it was a 
Yeah, United States, it was released as Blonde Sinner UK. Of course it was. Yeah, they were like, we gotta we gotta sex this up. We gotta sex this up. <laughs> Call it Blonde Sinner with some it's like <laughs> movie executives have always been stupid. Uh so <laughs> oh, oh well. the song remains the same <laughs> all right well i can't wait to watch blonde Sinner. that's like a, a movie <laughs> i start typing that into google i think something else might come up like i'm not gonna find the classic nativity movie and be like uh-oh i found something diana else. doors was a beautiful woman and mm-hmm. blonde right <laughs> but that's not the most interesting or captivating thing about her performance in this movie and there's not I mean, there's nothing wrong with with folks who want to see it to, you know, lust after Diana Doors. <laughs> Go for it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's more, I think there's yield, more there is what you're saying. Yield to the night is a is a more fitting title for the tone of the film. Yes. Yes. <laughs> OK. Anyways. So next up, <laughs> I finally, finally got to watch Ennis Men. The... This was the one I was teasing that I had seen. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts on this movie. Excellent. So so when I kind of saw you know social media around it last year and you know promotional images and things, I was intrigued. Mm-hmm. Looked like it was right up my alley. And then it took forever. to get released (laughs) and the little bits and pieces i would hear from people who got to see it Mm -hmm. and reviewed it before i had a chance seemed kind of mixed but i was not deterred (laughs) i was like no i'm gonna see because this looks like my thing and i'm pleased to say it is my thing i really enjoyed it I do want to take this opportunity <laughs> to say to anyone, because I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't always watch trailers because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like modern day trailers give away too much. Right, right. <laughs> or they sell you a movie that is not representative of what the movie really is. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is is experimental like it's very artsy and so this is definitely not going to be for everyone and when i kind of (laughs) look at the star rating spread (laughs) on places where people log their their stuff like letterboxd it's kind of a there's a wide all over the place (laughs) it's all over the place Because this is going to hit differently for different people, but I really, really enjoyed it. So if anyone has listened to previous episodes where you and I have talked movies and they said to themselves, hey, that Carmelita and I have similar taste, then I'm pleased to tell you that there's a good chance you're going to enjoy Ennis Men because I really did. Yeah, I saw you gave it a, a little higher rate than I did, but I still I liked it. I was really like in the middle, which I guess actually looking at Letterbox, mm. a lot of people were like in the three-star range probably because they're like i don't know what to make of this they're like wait what well done <laughs> like it's i was in this place where i'm like this is good question mark. I, the trailer did sell a different thing i don't think it gave away too much because it's very uh hard to decipher what's even what happening. would you give away right <laughs> yeah exactly and it maybe sold it more as a 
uh, more as a normal, uh, normal uh, more of a horror movie than it is. I don't think it is that much of a, there, there's some scary stuff, but it's lighter than I thought it would be on the horror. It's more psychological. Yes. Yes. There's only maybe like two or three parts I can think of that it felt like it was like straight up like this is a scary thing. The other stuff was like it's weird and unnerving, but it's not. I did. I I, I meant to read some stuff on it because I was like, I don't think I know what happened. I think I may have an idea what happened, but I don't think I really know what happened. I mean, it is. You are right. I read somebody who was like, wow, they got neon because I thought it was a twenty four, but it's neon. It's usually it's one. You see a weird movie, one of the other. It's one of the other. It's like, well, it's a twenty four. It's neon, and someone got neon to front like a just straight up experimental art film because it is it's very weird it's it's very like it's yeah i mean i hate saying not much happens because i was actually pretty like into it like i was like drawn to it like i kept i wasn't like bored like away from the screen but i but i (laughs) think it's fair to say like there's long stretches where it's like not much happens i think it's part of the it's like this woman yeah it's the story (laughs) Yeah, that this this woman, a researcher, is on this island, this little island off the coast of Cornwall, I believe, in the UK, mm-hmm. and it's you know, this passage of time is just her on the island. <laughs> yeah, she's observing this one special plant. Yeah, she's right? observing this whole... plant, you know, and so the the her days are very regimented and there's not a lot of dialogue. Right. Because there's no one, <laughs> no one to, to talk, talk to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But we do get, we get flashes. There's, and, and time does move. There is like a progression mm-hmm. of her days on the Island. So it, this is not something that takes place all in one day. Like there right. is story here. The way it's pre- presented is very much like you're on this island with her. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You've got to have patience for this movie. <laughs> like you really, yes. you do have to have patience for it. Uh, and I, well, I realize now we'll have to talk more off mic because I would start saying things that I think are spoilers. So I won't do that. But uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things people just know what they're getting into. And I think if you yes. don't like that kind of thing, then you know avoid <laughs> but there's you, probably no rush for you yeah or, you know or it's like <laughs> if you if you're like i kind of like that kind of stuff give it a shot like um yeah, yeah I, it's a ve- i mean slow burn is overused but i do think it's a it does go somewhere it escalates like it escalates all like it constantly is like yeah well, one and weird thing and upon another yeah it's visually striking i think the visuals are beautiful right, and even well made, though our character doesn't have a lot of dialogue She's doing a lot physically with her facial yes. expressions, her yeah. body language. You're still getting across what this character is experiencing and going through. So I'll I'll, I'll put it to like people like this, just to give them a sense. I hated Skinamarink. <laughs> Talk about divisive! Oh my god! It's like so it's not like that. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but. And some uh, people like that, and that's great. I'm happy for them. I did not like that at all, but I I loved this. 
So I, yeah, I I I've avoided Skin and Marine because honestly, the trailer for that freaked me out so bad. I was like, I don't want an hour forty minutes of this. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, this is like deep diving deep into like a childhood nightmare of like, you know, the house is has no windows. But then everyone told me it's like it's really boring because it's like static shots of a wall and like, and then some loud noise or something will happen or. T- I, <laughs> it. I. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I don't want to be an asshole. I really don't. But it really looks like someone like knocked their camera over in a dark room. <laughs> and I kind of see the shape of a wall, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. It kind of seems like I of... couldn't hear. I couldn't see anything oh. and I couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, great movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it is it Ennisman or Enis Ennis? Is it Ennisman? I just I would have pronounced Ennis it. Ennisman. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could see everything. Uh, it's very well, yes. it's very well shot. It's very well done. I will give them credit. Technically well made. Um, it's funny too. Yeah, that trailer or something I heard about it like, over a year ago, and then I was like, is this ever coming out? Because it right. had no distribution. It just sat there on my watch list, like no way to see this. Not not forever. Forever. I hate when that happens. You're like this like weird like festival movie or something. It sits there, and you're like, where is this going to go? And then finally. It just came up. I was like, oh, my God, I can watch it now. So I was very excited to finally see it. It's me too. You know, temper expectations. I think people can probably from what we've said, I think people can understand what kind of movie it is like. Yes. Um, I don't even know what else to compare it to that I've seen. Like, it's like a weird folk horror. Like it is. And I guess the lighthouse is kind of a similar. It would idea. it would pair well with the lighthouse. Yeah. But that has more. I guess the dynamic back and forth with with the two. Yes, there's more dialogue games. in that. But yeah, but it's definitely uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So uh, I'm glad you liked it because I saw yeah, I was like okay, okay, Carmelia liked it more than I did, but I was left a little frustrated by the end. I was like, oh, mm. okay, we're not really gonna get much here. I know, but I know there's stuff there if I dig in or read more about it. I just know that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and a rewatch, I think some of the little little details something that's you know a picture on a wall or a little mm-hmm. detail here a little detail there will jump out i think in subsequent viewing so i that's i true. absolutely intend to watch it again yeah yeah it's it is it is good i think if you're that's your thing it's worth your time so yes um, if that's your thing some folks yes. this is not going to be your oh thing. yeah some people just outright that's hate cool. these like slow like, burn horror movies psychological horror it's like yeah, because ain't a lot happening for a lot of the movie. But I was like genuinely like weirdly fascinated watching her go through this routine for a while. And then weird yeah. shit starts happening. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's I think it's I think it's still pretty cool. But uh, um, OK, what else do you got? OK, this last <laughs> thing. I mean, this is something that normally I wouldn't talk about on here, nope. but it just it just stole my heart. And oh. And I just need to. I just need to. I watched Wham, the documentary on Netflix. Oh, I I had seen that and forgot. Honestly, I had seen it pop up and uh, kind of forgot about uh, it. Okay, this is a thing that some folks might not know about me. Because to look at me, if you were to judge the book by its cover, <laughs> you might be surprised oh. to find out. I'm a massive Wham fan. I did not know. <laughs> Wham and George Michael solo. Okay. I mean, I get it. I <laughs> Huge. When George Michael died, my mother like 
I was talking to my mom on the phone because, you know, it was like at Christmas time mm -hmm. that year. And my mom, like, gave me her condolences because she. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the day after George Michael died, I was I was up in the living room drinking my coffee in the dark. Watching old music videos, oh, God, crying for like two hours. I listen. I've thought for a long time this will be me. Whenever Arnold Schwarzenegger dies, I will be yes. inconsolable. Take a day off of work. I get this. <laughs> but the reason I'm bringing this up is also that I think, and I and I think with with documentaries about musicians, this can really be true. And uh, true, I think it's true too about documentaries about filmmaking. Movies that are about the creative process, it doesn't even matter if you're a fan of Wham. Right, right. Like you don't have to be a big fan of Wham to watch this documentary. And what you get is a story about two young men who knew each other as children. And became a part of this musical pop music phenomenon and then also their creative process and like how it came about and how it came to an end and it's this beautiful story about a friendship like a really heartwarming friendship story and and it's wham <laughs> <laughs> my friend and i watched it and we were singing along at the top of our lungs to all the songs that would play uh -huh. throughout the documentary because we couldn't help ourselves. But I, I think it's a, it's a great time capsule of the 80s. If there's anyone mm -hmm. who is nostalgic for the 80s that wants to take a little trip down memory lane, it's great for that. If there's younger folks who weren't alive during the early 80s, early to mid 80s, but are curious to like visit, to like open up a time capsule. The Wham documentary is it. Right. I oh, champion yeah. this. <laughs> I, yeah, I've watched plenty of documentaries and things I'm not a big fan of. Like back in the day, I'd watch all these like, it, it weren't documentaries, but like the E. True Holly story of this person or behind the music of a lot of people. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, why am I watching behind the music Leonard Skinner? I don't like Leonard Skinner, but then it's like, I was like, this is so fascinating. Um. So yeah, I can get into that. I uh, do they talk to? I mean, obviously George Michael passed away. Yes. When, how, how many years ago? Did he, when was that he passed away? I don't remember. Uh, twenty sixteen, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Do they talk to? Hold on, I may get the other guy's name. Is it Andrew Ridgely? Correct. I'm glad I know the other. <laughs> this is yes. This kind of stuff stored in my brain. The name of the other guy from Wham is Andrew. Ridgely. No, I'm so proud of you. I don't know why I know that. I'm um... really proud of you right now. <laughs> that makes my heart all warm and gooey that you know that. <laughs> And seriously, I'm not I'm not being an asshole like that really does. No, I <laughs> this is I have so random pop culture knowledge stuck in here <laughs> where it's like I couldn't tell you what I had for lunch yesterday, but I'm like, I know the name of the guy Wham's Andrew Ridgely. Like why? Like I wasn't even alive when Wham was that popular. Like uh, very weird. So, but yeah. Yeah, no, they interviewed him. He is an integral oh, in part okay, of good. the documentary. And there's all this footage from that time. And it's it's beautiful. I always felt so bad for it because it was like. They broke up. You, know, or you won't. Okay. <laughs> after you watch this. Uh-huh. You you won't feel bad anymore. Okay. And if anything, you'll just you'll have a new appreciation for him. Cause he talks about how 
between he and George Michael, there was this understanding that George was starting to move in a different direction. And and that he he wanted that for his friend, because first and foremost, they were these childhood friends. Mm -hmm. It was a genuine friendship. And so he wanted for George Michael to go and pursue. And also there's there's talk about how George Michael, like his Andrew Ridley's contribution was vital to George Michael developing his talent as a songwriter and learning about songwriting in the business and and that he he probably he wouldn't have done this the whole thing if it hadn't started between the two of them so it's really it's a beautiful story a beautiful okay. friendship story all right all right well you really sold that that was good it's good so i love it uh... i love it. i love documentaries <laughs> like this and i i am the first one to be like everyone should see it you don't even have to like the music another one is the sparks documentary oh yeah yeah, yeah. the sparks brothers Mm -hmm. Everyone should see that, even if you don't know Sparks, which a lot of people don't know Sparks. I'd never heard of them until the documentary, <laughs> like until that came out and got some it's buzz. It's beautiful. I was like, I've never heard of this this group. Um, and that was okay. the whole point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was like, oh, yeah, there's this band. That's 50 been around. years of making music. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yeah. so many people have never even heard it. That's that is crazy. Um, but they should. I love Sparks. <laughs> I still need to see that uh, at some point because I was I was interested in seeing it. But I just, you know, as yeah, everything else on my watch list. Uh <laughs> that's another one that it's it's a lot about the creative process, about how these how these very talented musicians have been making music for 50 years, what their songwriting process is like, which I always find interesting. I'm not yeah. musical at all. Like I'm it's not very a cool. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> it's a beautiful story about these brothers. Mm hmm. Because they're brothers. Oh, okay. I didn't think I knew that either. <laughs> yes. The core of Sparks are, are the brothers male. So they and they so they've been working together for 50 years. No falling out, you know, like they just <laughs> they work so well together. And that's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's that's good. I yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you're selling me on the Sparks documentary again. So I feel like we talked about it like whenever it came out, maybe like 2020 or 2021. Um I refuse to shut up about it. It's, so it's fine. I just I'm want everyone to watch it. it. It's good. I am. <laughs> um, anything else? Or was that all you had? Or... No, that's all I'll give you. Okay. For uh, now. I, I, <laughs> I got a few. And you knocked out Ennis Man already. So that's off my list. So um, I'll go through a couple pretty quick. There's not much to say. Um, I saw a Stanley Kubrick movie I've never seen before. Yeah. Ads of Glory. I haven't seen that one either. Can oh, you believe it? I, no, I could have sworn you'd seen this. I feel like I looked at my letterbox like everybody's seen Paths of Glory. I have um, not seen it. So uh, it's really great. It is really great. It's one of those another blind spot I knocked out. I was like, yeah, this is good. And it's early Kubrick. Uh, you uh -huh. know, it's like 1960. Is that right? I, I'm not checking, but I was like, I think that's right. Um, uh, and you could still see him in it. Like he does these long tracking shots in the trenches. I'm yeah. Like, well, that's very Kubrick. Um, it's good. It's for him. It's a shockingly tightly made movie. It's under 90, 90 minutes long, which is like, <laughs> um, and I feel like I haven't seen a lot of Kirk Douglas performances, honestly. Um, mm. Oh, it's 57. Okay. Um, yeah. I, from what I'm trying to remember what else I've seen of Kirk Douglas, but from what I've seen of Kirk Douglas, it's like a really amazing performance from him. Um, 
just about i mean it's such a great like anti-war movie i know people debate i read people like debate what the ending means i won't say you haven't seen it i won't say it but like i read it pretty much as yeah i read the whole thing as like anti-war couldn't believe anybody was like taking any other way but um just like yeah, these guys refuse to attack in any position because everyone's like this is a terrible move like this is a terrible uh strategy to attack this one spot and they don't do it and they get punished for it and kirk douglas tries to stand up for these guys and it's a lot of partly a courtroom drama and flashbacks to the war um it's really good i couldn't like i was surprised he got it all done in less than an hour and a half it's like i could see this being stretched like two and a half hour movie but uh yeah kurt douglas is really good it's like it's i mean yeah it was i don't it, pass the glory what do i say it's just a really good movie i was like one of those ones i watch people think it's a classic and i'm like yeah i agree guys it's really good um gorgeous no i'm glad that you brought this up because I recently was thinking about it because I saw it pop up on some streaming platforms yeah, it's like Prime's where I watched it. Amazon yeah. Prime. Um, it's on Criterion right now. And I had and I remember thinking like, ooh, put that on your little watch list because this is <laughs> uh -huh. one you've never somehow have never seen. Which makes no sense because <laughs> I love Kubrick and I love war films. Yeah, that I so <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Um, so yeah, I'm I... glad that you brought this up because okay. now I am right here and now committing to watching it this week. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's going to happen this week. <laughs> I'm glad I could push you to watch that. Yeah, I think you'll, yeah. I think you'll like it a lot. It's, I don't uh... need much of a push. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've always been interested. I just, for some reason, had never got around to it. There's so many things like I have that no though. Excuse now. I mean to watch it, and then somebody just kind of mentions it as, as the last thing, like the like the rocks at the edge of the hill, and then like someone says one more thing. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching it. Um it's time. I, I think it came up somewhere. That's what happened to me too. I was like, I should finally watch Pass of Glory. I think also because I'm close to watching all his movies. Like um Yeah. The big ones I have I guess I have never seen Lolita, which <laughs> <laughs> makes me a little uncomfortable. But <laughs> it's like I hear he I don't know. I've heard many, many things about Lolita and how he's handles that. Um, but uh, and then Barry it's Lyndon. worth watching, friends. OK, Barry Lyndon's the other big one I haven't seen. And there's some other like killer. Barry Lyndon Kiss. is excellent. That's right here. It's a, the three hours yeah. long thing is what like, kind of kills me. It's the opposite <laughs> of Paz of Glory. It's like I'm just like and I don't like those. If I, if I see people in period costumes, I feel like. I, I'm out. Like, it's like, oh, is that a block for you? See, I block, live for that. It's a shit. blind spot for me. I, like, I'm like, I, give me all of that period costume. Yeah, stuff. it's like why well, I've never watched like Scorsese's Age of Innocence or something. I'm just like, oh, all these ruffles and I like, love it. <laughs> like these, all these period clothes. I don't know. I, it's a stupid thing to get like a blind spot over, but powdered wigs and things. I'm like, oh god. Like, I just it's not <laughs> it's not my aesthetic. Um, <laughs> but I'll see it. I mean, I've got a. I'm so close to finishing all his movies now. So. um yeah, and you are a completionist. This is something I, we have I established. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've punished myself a few times trying to complete things where I'm like, I guess I'll watch this because I watch this all is, the other. This will not be a punishment. Oh, I'm sure. No, no, this is not a case of punishment. But sometimes no. I've been at the end of like a filmmaker's filmography and I'm like, oh, I better watch this now. Like, I better watch the other John Carpenter <laughs> Masters of Horror episode that's not very good. It's the last thing I need to see. Or uh, like this like, oh. It's like a sickness. Um, <laughs> um, but no, Paz Glory is great. Uh, so everything else is like the complete opposite of Paz Glory. So there's no segue. Uh, I watched Uncle Buck, the John Hughes movie. <laughs> um, had you never seen it? 
I had never seen all every. Oh my I'd god! Never seen all of it. Search This is a movie like one of those movies where I feel like I've seen it, but I have not because I I somehow would always on TV catch literally the part where John Candy just first gets to the house oh, and wow. the kids meet him and <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin is like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm your uncle Buck." Like, uh, uh I missed the whole setup. I never like because I was watching. I was like, "Oh, I've never seen the beginning. I've never seen the end." Um, some of the other parts, like kind of the middle, um, just bits and pieces over TV. And it was uh-huh. on Netflix. And it was like the first thing I saw on Netflix. And I want something really light and easy. And I was like, I should finally just watch Uncle Buck. <laughs> and the same day I watched it, they announced a 4K on Kino Lorber. So um, oh, look I felt, at that. Like, felt like I willed that in the universe. But it's a delight. I loved it. I was like, it is. It is it so is. much fun. It flies by too. Like I was like, this movie's over already. I was like, I feel like it just like, I mean, not to complain. It's like, it just, it goes by, it goes down so smooth, basically. It's like, just, this is just nice. Um, John Candy's the best. I really do miss him. I, that was like one of the first celebrities. I can remember their death happening as a kid and people being like really upset. Like people in my family were like, oh my God, I love John Candy. And I was like, I think as a kid, I watched his cartoon that was like Camp Candy. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, Like, and he was just in everything. He was in Home Alone. He's like, he was everywhere in the eighties and nineties. And like, so yeah, I, I really do. He was great. I miss him. Um, yeah. Uncle Buck's so much fun. I'm glad I finally watched it. I was like, I could throw this on any time and just have it on the background. Um, yes, you absolutely yeah. can. And you probably will. <laughs> I I've will seen now. it yeah. <laughs> many, 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 many times. Yeah. It's very funny. Uh, and it's it delightful make, every time. It did make me think not to, like what John Hughes stuff is like, I know people are like re- reevaluating John Hughes now. But I do think, man, it's like everyone is so rich in John Hughes movies. (laughs) Like, like, and if they're not rich, it's a talking point about like, oh, from the poor side of the tracks. But like in this movie, I'm like, they got this gigantic house. It's like a mini mansion. They're talking about like we moved to Indianapolis to to get more money here. I'm like, good God. (laughs) It just, it's just, it's I we were talking about housing and stuff before we started recording. And I look at this house and Uncle Buck. And I don't even know if the mom works in Uncle Buck. Like if the and I'm like, is this dad doing this off one income with three kids? <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, it's just it's a little depressing. But I couldn't I couldn't stop focusing on how big the house was. Um but... I, I mean, and it wasn't just John Hughes. I mean, he mm-hmm. definitely uh, as a kid watching like teen movies. And movies about young adults, like <laughs> you're seeing someone who's like 18 and they have like this like ridiculously beautiful loft apartment. <laughs> and you grew yeah. up thinking like that that was possible. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. And it's a lie. It's, it's a fucking lie. Or it's just no longer attainable. Like it might have been attainable right. then, but now it's like it ain't happening. Long, like I watched long gone. I rewatched After Hours recently. And you remember in that he goes to um, mm-hmm. Rosanna Arquette. I was like, which Arquette is? Uh, and her, so, so it's her and a roommate. So there's two people, but it's this giant loft apartment in New York City. And I was like, how much would this cost? This is, this is my curse of watching movies from like, you know, 80s, 90s. And I'm like, <laughs> looking at the real estate going like, oh, I missed out. I was born too late. I was born too yes. late. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's Uncle Buck is great. I just was like, oh man, these people are really rich. Uh, so, um, okay, the other two, last two, they are connected. 
by Jackie okay. Chan because uh, I bought this Jackie Chan like box set from Shout Factory. Uh, they put out a volume before, but everybody online, you know, we have all these friends in action Twitter who were like, these are bad Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> like the, so I did not buy volume one because they were like, this is not the best Jackie Chan. They called it like the best of Jackie Chan. They were like, not even close. And they put out volume two, which is a much better selection of movies. Mm. And uh, I watched one I always wanted to see called Armor of God, which is also called Operation Condor. I haven't so seen like it. 86. It's like his like Indiana Jones type movie like it's like a weird like i don't know james bond Indiana jones mix i don't know it's like it starts off literally with him going there's like a tribe tribe somewhere and he like takes some artifact and you know escapes it's just like raiders like um i mean it looks different but like the same idea and it's a very cool opening slides down a hill on like a shield and there's like a fight and it's a great opening and then the movie just grinds to a halt like oh no i've had this problem with jackie chan and other martial arts movies like uh where it's too much on comedy or it's like nothing Mm. this is apparently this got messed up because i heard had heard this before so jackie chan like nearly died on this movie apparently because he did a jump like he was just doing like a jump from like a wall to a tree, like a tree branch, and he fell, like missed the branch or just fell, and he hit his head on a rock when he went Ooh. down. And he had, he had a hole in his head. <laughs> like oh, no. they said, I think someone on the set like did something that saved his life, otherwise he would have been dead. Like he was very close to being dead. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so and they put it in the, the craziness, they put it in like the end credits almost like the bloopers like <laughs> with him on a stretcher when he almost died and um so apparently the movie got i think messed up a little because of that because he got injured so bad they had to stop production right he came back he also has a whole different hairstyle because i think he grew the hair out to cover the mark on his head so sure i mean you'd have to right you'd have either to, that yeah. or wear a wig or something something so it's it's like there's a lot of scenes where they're just at like this guy's house who's I think going to give them a job to go get something. And they just hang out there forever. And I'm like, oh my God, go do something. <laughs> it's just them hanging out of the house. And apparently it's all because he got injured and they had to rewrite it stuff and they couldn't do as much action. So they just did. There's a great car chase in the middle where I'm like, again, how do people not die doing this? People like jump over a fucking like freeway at one point. Like they jump a yeah. car over. Um, the car is super cool. It's like his weird, like James Bond car. That's got nice. all these gadgets and things. End is great. The end is great. Um, like the last 20, 15, 20 minutes is like great action stuff. Um, yeah, so it's a mixed bag. I just, there's some, it's, it drags so bad in the middle, like for the most part. It's like, oh my God, there's hanging out these houses. Ugh. But, but, but when it's good, it's good. It's Jackie Chan. So it's entertaining. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I thought it was okay, I guess, but disappointing a little bit. Um, okay. Next one. Also with Jackie Chan, <laughs> uh, but not there's a lot of people in this movie. I'm curious if you've seen this because okay. I know you're a fan of this guy, too. It's a Burt Reynolds movie, <gasps> The Cannonball Run. <laughs> you've seen Cannonball Run? I have, but like bits and pieces. And I was a kid. It's been a really long time. It's basically I'm overdue a because made of bits and pieces. <laughs> I adore Burt Reynolds. We, we talked about we both love Burt Reynolds. He's I I primarily this Burt Reynolds kick. Like I it's like I was telling um my mom and stepdad like about I'd watch Cannonball Run because we were talking about something else I'd seen that was silly and I was like we'll talk about a silly movie Cannonball Run and I was like 
they were like, oh, yeah, Burt Reynolds. He's, I was like, he's like, I watch him. I was like, they were like, you like Burt Reynolds? I'm like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, he's like, uh, he's one of those guys you watch. It. This is their real movie star. You're like, oh, this yes. is a movie star. Um, and I always find him entertaining, uh, even if Cannonball Run is not a good movie. Like by any, it is like, I kind of admire them because it feels like they just took money from the studio and went to go goof off somewhere. Like, because it's so goofy and it's like, it's just them like, <laughs> It, I man, I wish I remember the quote. I think it was Ebert was like, I don't mind a goofy movie, but I wish they put more effort into their goofy movie or something. It's like a it's like okay. a low effort, like <laughs> goofy movie. Like they don't even try that hard. <laughs> like, um, and it's very silly. I mean, it's always Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. show up as like two priests who are driving a Ferrari, I think. I think <laughs> Dean Martin was drunk the whole time. I don't know. Probably. Uh, I, my mom and stepdad were telling me like, oh, that was his thing. He'd always drink on stage. And I'm like, well, I think he was really drunk in this movie <laughs> because he didn't seem. And then it's it's Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise and they're in like an ambulance because they're, they're all trying to race across the country right. um, to win this this race. And they're like, oh, what if we get in a an ambulance and no one will stop us. We just put the lights on and then, and then we can just drive. But it's so funny how they get to that point too, because there's like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of setup of them just doing stupid stuff together, like on a boat, like driving, right. flying a plane. Like, why am I watching them just drive around on a boat? And then suddenly they get the, like, we should do an ambulance. It's very silly. And they pick up Farrah Fawcett at one point. You know what the funniest part was? Roger Moore shows up. And this is during his Bond run. He's he's playing, you know, he's right. 81. And they keep hitting the Bond theme whenever he shows up, which I thought was. And there's like jokes about, you know, in jokes of him being Bond, like but they don't say it. But yeah, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. And Jack, poor Jackie Chan is in this movie. Jackie Chan, like I, virtually unknown, I think, in the U.S. in 81. And he was apparently really pissed off. And I don't blame him because um I don't know like how good his English was, but I, at some point they said he's Japanese, <laughs> and oh. he, I, I don't think he knew that until after the fact. He was pissed. after the fact. Yeah, they were like he made. They were like he made me Japanese. I'm Chinese. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's just it is so stuff. Like there is some like definitely some like forty years ago racist stuff. Like, uh, yeah, they've got him in this car. That's like another. It's weird. Not Jackie Han. They're like supercar. It's like got a computer in it. At one point. So insane. At one point, Jackie Chan is driving this like super Japanese car they built, and he's got a video screen and he's watching a porn movie, and then he like crashes the car. <laughs> like it's um, distracting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the movies actually in the cult movies book that's a porn, like Beyond the Green Door, I think it's called, or something. Um, I'll pass Anthony. But it's like he's like distracted because he's like oh and then he like crashes yeah um and then yeah they made him japanese which is absolutely ludicrous that they just and then there's another guy who's middle eastern but i don't think the actor's middle eastern at all i think uh, it's just a guy in like a put him in like a stupid like you know get common up and, practice common practice the especially in the 80s yeah. yeah um it's so there's some stuff like that where you're like oh and uh it's just a ridiculous cast of people it's like a hal needham movie who's you know i mean I, again i can't even be mad i'm sure they just took money from the studio and was like let's go make a goofy movie it. and party for like a month yeah. you know um so i don't know if i could recommend it but it's like it is what it is um you know it's just so silly but um yeah cannonball run i don't know uh <laughs> that's that's my review um, you checked it off your list someday you and i need to talk about 
a Burt Reynolds movie. Yeah, we had talked about doing Boogie Nights for a while. I know it's not like that's not like a traditional Burt Reynolds movie, but he's great in that movie. No, he's great in that movie, even though he hated it. I know. I still can't believe that he hated it. And he kind of, I feel bad saying this, kind of squandered his like goodwill post Boogie yeah, Nights. Some, I feel like. Someday, friends, <laughs> I will try to contain myself. <laughs> You're going to be okay if we do. I will. I will be okay. Okay. I will be okay. okay. <laughs> um, well, that's all I had. So I guess we can talk about RoboCop. People probably like finally after an hour you get to RoboCop. <laughs> hey, uh, you no, know, I think people we expect had, that with the show. Exactly, and like you said at the top, it's been a little while since you and I have sat I down to talk movies. So. Oh yeah, I have no problem with this. I just know I've seen other. You, know. you read like iTunes podcast news. People are like, it took an hour to get to the movie. It's like I was here for RoboCop, and you know. But I think people understand at this point. Then that, fast forward. I, that's what I always think. I'm like, just jump ahead. Yeah. Like, why go write a negative review because you couldn't hit the fast forward button? It's not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect everyone to hang on every word I say. <laughs> you can fast forward if you want. It's cool. But okay, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um <laughs> a movie I've seen God knows how many times at this point. Uh different versions of it on TV censored. Um sure. There's the X-rated now version, which uh I've seen where I'm like, oh, I think it's getting more violent than it already was. <laughs> um talked about it many times in the show, I think. But I I'll start with you. What's your history with Robocop? Did you see Robocop like kind of young or did you see it later on so folks who listen to us on total recall this might be a little bit this will be a little bit of a um a rehash a reminder if you will i probably need that too because i have a bad memory so that's so <laughs> i saw robocop in the theater okay and it's going back you know <laughs> i was about seven years old <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's a little older than when I saw it. <laughs> and <laughs> I, that experience really jumps out at me because, you know, in my household, we watch rated R movies. I had seen plenty of rated R movies. I had seen plenty of violent films. I had seen horror films, action films. You know, by seven years old, I had seen Alien, The Godfathers 1 and 2. I had seen Rambo movies. I had seen, uh, I had seen all kinds of things. Violent <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sitting in the theater watching RoboCop, I remember vividly, I was, I was right at the top, the demo of Ed 209. Jesus Christ. I remember yeah. sitting there and I kind of got this weird feeling uh, in my stomach like, oh. And then when Murphy gets it. Oof. Oof. I had the thought. I had the thought. And anyone who's heard the story before, I apologize. But I mean, this is the truth. I had the thought, maybe I'm not old enough for this. <laughs> I love that it's seven. You had like the... <laughs> the wherewithal to be like i think i've not i should not be seen <laughs> i had like that i had that weird churny feeling in my stomach and and i had seen so much other violent like on-screen violence before but something about the mm. way it was 
executed, presented in RoboCop, all those squibs and all the shots, oh. and limbs <laughs> blowing off and the blood squirting. And, and I think, too, when I was rewatching it in preparation for this discussion, the callousness of the people committing the violence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All of that together, like in that moment, <laughs> I did. I had the thought like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> now I watched the rest of the movie. Right. <laughs> and I rewatched it after that. Mm. And I continued to watch rated R movies and violent movies. And I've always enjoyed action. But yeah, that that was my that was my tender introduction to RoboCop. Very oh, memorable. Both, I'll never forget so, it. So young. Uh, I was like, I, I was like, nobody should no child should see this. Maybe as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck was like I, I for some reason on this rewatch, I felt like I was more taken aback by the violence than I've ever been. I mm. don't know why I, I've watched the like the X or the unrated, whatever you want to call it, cut before, because you can clearly tell where they have the inserts because they look a little like grainier. I feel like you can tell sure. what the violence back in. Um, and I was like, I've seen this, but it is hitting not like I don't like it or anything, but it just it hit a little different. Uh, I'm getting old, but I was like, uh, yeah, so OK, I'll back up. But I saw this far too young, but I'm starting to think that. The, in my child memory of this, I must have been shown like a edited for TV cut or something because I feel like I didn't see Murphy like really get killed until years later. Like, um, <laughs> because that is just horrific. That is it's I think horrific. You hit on why it's so horrific is it's not just like the violence happening, but the way that they're perpetrating the violence on him because they're so callous that was great when you said it I was like yes that's it because they're just like laughing as they're like yeah. murdering they're murdering the hero of the movie <laughs> like that's such a weird thing to you don't often get the hero getting murdered like 20 30 minutes into the movie uh if that and then you know you don't see that because at the end of the movie usually but <laughs> so it's like and they're just like having a great time and making jokes and they're doing horrible this horrible violence to him and it's like yeah it is it's fucked up and but i so i was allowed to watch this when i was very young like i had seen like uh this and the second robocop and aliens and terminator 2 and stuff like that before the age of six which is like so crazy um and uh yeah and i mean i love robocop because again i was thinking well this idea just appeal straight to a, a young boy like a robot cop is like the coolest thing you can imagine um because yeah i was watching something like uh, a making of and it was like you could take it at that base level of like oh it's a cool action sci-fi with a robot cop great and there's so many layers to it i'm sure we'll get into all these layers to robocop oh we definitely will <laughs> and I, I had the thought as i was re-watching this this happens sometimes when you and i will pick a movie especially when it's one that like I've seen a bunch of times and I, and when we first talk about it as we're scheduling, I think, Oh yeah, I love that movie. That's going to be a really fun conversation, but I'm not thinking about, and it isn't until I'm sitting down rewatching the movie with 
a thought to we're going to talk about it. Right, right. But then I go, oh, that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> oh, that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, rewatching this, like, you're a hound for justice. <laughs> I appreciate. Yes, I am. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and that's definitely going to come up here. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> an anarcho-communist. That's <laughs> like, that's going to come up here. Mm hmm. So this is going to this is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, that's a hard part for me to watch, too, with him getting killed is like, oh, the bad guys are really winning right now. It's like, you know, like I know eventually he'll become Robocop and kill them. But it's still like every time that's upsetting to me to watch him get killed like that. Um, and even worse, I think I just was focused more on the time of Lewis watching it happen and she can't do anything to stop it. Yeah. Um, Barry Robin does violence like nobody else i don't know what the difference is it's like very visceral and there's a little bit of like always kind of a callousness to it like i think of this in starship troopers like which is where i love to talk about at some point starship troopers um th that it's just like it's so violent and it's like it's like yeah the guy gets when shot in the portrait by ed 209 oh yeah that it's it's comical how long it goes on for because it's like doo -doo 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 -doo, and it's like he's still getting shot he's on the he's like squibs they must have put 30 squibs on him like and oh I yeah love... the blood is exploding his chest is exploding blood everywhere and the shots keep coming and the body his body's moving stops. that was the thing i think they had to cut quite a few frames out of to get the r rating because i mean we're talking about the violence this is one of the few movies i can think of that i've heard of it got almost got an x just for straight violence because this is America. It's very hard to get an X rating for <laughs> violence. Like you can murder a thousand people, but don't yes. show a vagina or a penis or you're in trouble. Right. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Not a penis. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't like. That. <laughs> it's like so the, the violence hit them so different. In Robocop, the MPA was almost like, fuck this. Get an X on it. And I mean, they just took a couple frames out, but the frames make a big difference because I think one is Murphy's hand like getting blown off maybe yeah definitely him getting shot in the head because i forgot that um yes they, they took a few frames of the ed 209 shooting that guy in the boardroom because it's just so bloody um and maybe i don't know if it's supposed to be a joke or not but i always laugh it's a really dark moment after i get shot somebody says call an ambulance i'm like for what <laughs> like he's for what dead. <laughs> yeah they're like i think someone might say is he dead but they're like get help i'm like I, no he's dead like he's so he's beyond help he's way beyond help <laughs> Like, um, it's just so fucked up. I can imagine Verhoeven like laughing to himself and someone's like, Call yeah, ambulance. well, and it's satirical. And oh, yeah, yeah, you know, so. Yes, the violence and and to the point that. American movies. A lot of in your face violence that's celebrated. That's there for entertainment. And so. If someone wants to make the point if they want to if they want to press that point and make it satire then you have to go that much further mm -hmm. and and that's i mean that's what this is true Verhoeven, he's been over the top but i think it's to a point uh i mean he i he i read or heard something that he almost threw the script out because he started reading it. He was like, this is shit. He's like, this is like everything yeah. I hate about American movies. It's like, yes. it's just violence. And his wife picked it back up and was like, no, you got to read the rest of this. Like, this is at, got some, 
points here. And he's like, oh, okay, I get it now. It's so interesting to have his like European point of view on like our American movies. Cause like, yeah, he takes him up to this level that it's like, where it's like satire that people just don't, doesn't come through people. I know like Starship Trooper, people didn't get that was satire and Robocop. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people got it, but I know like a lot of people, it wasn't coming through. And now to me, no. it seems so obvious. Like, well, and when you mentioned yeah. that this was so perfect for marketing to kids, toys and things, there's a point, yeah. there's a point about that made in the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. There's a couple of instances where kind of this idea of. Of violence being marketed to kids and 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 the heroism that centers around violence being marketed to kids and that's exactly what they did with this movie and if yeah. you're marketing it to kids there's no way that you're you're not marketing to them the the satirical points that you're trying to make oh, right. i didn't get about... any of that until i was older obviously right. I wasn't there. no I wasn't like, it's just like a, oh robocop is so satire. cool <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yes, there was no, I didn't get, to me, it worked on that one level of like, oh, this is so cool. It's RoboCop. Because <laughs> um, I had toys. I watched, there was a cartoon. Like, it's insane to me, watching RoboCop now, that they spun this off into a cartoon and had toys for children. Because This it's was a like, thing, though. I know, it happened a lot. There was a Rambo a cartoon. Lot. There was a Toxic Avenger cartoon, which is like a really fucked up trauma movie. And um, I mean, there was, there was plenty of examples of this, like. <laughs> It's like, I think this came up a few times. I don't remember where or when, like what, but how it's like back then they almost had to reverse engineer adult movies to children because it wasn't as geared to kids. Obviously there were kids movies, but like they, there were so many examples of like toys for movies that I'm like, kids like that? Like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves had toys and like, uh, you know, and Terminator 2 had a bunch of toys. Like I had toys from that. Oh yeah. Like, um, just Waterworld. I guess it could be for kids, but it's like to you. We think of them as more like adult. They definitely weren't like just marketed to children. They were kind of either for adults or general audiences, and they like right. reverse engineered cartoons and toys to back to us. So like very weird time. <laughs> like you don't really see that anymore. Like there's not. I don't know how to an already movie that was like. There's not like. I mean, I guess there are like John Wick models or something but there's not like oh i don't think i see but those are not meant for children toy line exactly yeah yeah the those are for collectors business, yeah the toy business has changed a little bit too in 30 years but um yes. so it's just it's just so wild watching robocop and being like i get why this is perfect for children because i was one of those children who was like robocop <laughs> so cool but also like how these maniacs you know it's, like, <laughs> it's absolute maniacs like uh oh it was the 80s <laughs> it's all somehow back to ronald reagan i'm pretty sure uh that well well he, he has a lot the, to do with it he, he was the one that um uh what's the word he he basically took all the regulations off of advertising to children in the 80s like for this I don't right. know about the saturday morning cartoons like that blew up in the 80s because they took they took all these like regulations off of tv stations to be educational <laughs> and they were like you can just show right. basically 30 minute toy commercials for mm -hmm. children um and that's G.I. Joe and Transformers and dozens of other things. Um, this probably has to do with that, too. I feel like just just a lot of there was a lot of marketing to children that was unregulated for a long time. 
And what a time it was. Uh, and what a time it was. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Robocop, insanely violent. I've still, still can believe how shocked I was like this time more than <laughs> other times about how bananas it was. Um, yeah. And then it gets better because it keeps revealing layers to itself. Like, I mean, I, we can talk about any number of these things, but it's like uh, corporatization of many things, the police force of, there's talking about unions this time. I was thinking about the union thing because of the SAG yeah. writer strike. It was like, it was like a union. It's like, that's great for kids. I love unions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, um, the, I mean, there's so much. I mean, the media. The, the media, the fake commercials, the fake news. The fake news is so good. <laughs> it's like, I like, they didn't laugh, but I was like, wow. When they talk about, um, there's like a news comes on. It says like a late, a space laser defense system accidentally misfired into california and killed like 120 people and they just casually mentioned two former presidents died yes who had retired on. to santa barbara <laughs> were killed and i'm like wait if even one ex-president died it would be the biggest you know they'd stop everything and this and this satirical word it's like they just mentioned it in the, the news story and they move on to something else <laughs> like two yeah. more presidents died oh also well, yeah this and when we when we open with this media break program at the beginning of the movie, their little tagline is give us three minutes. We'll give you the world. Right. <laughs> you know, those those quick, mm -hmm. quick news stories where you basically going to get. Like a like two sentences about something. Right. <laughs> which is not very informative. <laughs> you know, exactly. so if that's yeah. if that's the only way someone is getting their. Their news. You're not getting much. This this is true. The guy, <laughs> they pick great people too. I don't know if the guy's from anything particular, but I know the woman was like an Entertainment Tonight reporter. Yes, Lisa Gibbons. Yeah, so I feel like it just has this air of like the news doesn't seem very serious. <laughs> you know, it's like you're reporting yeah. serious things, but it's very like cavalier. I feel like about like oh, and then this happened, and it's like not a big deal. Like which I feel like yeah, the news reports horrible things all the time, and it's like yeah, you know, like but they... right. Well, and it, it's a product yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and that's that's something that comes through in this film time and time again everything is a product oh my god yeah 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 <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and yeah and the media too and the way that they kind of talk about war there's all this war and this conflict in mexico and this clock conflict in uh south africa and, and they're you know all these quick little snippets of just death <laughs> right. everywhere and then advertisements for military games and this nuclear family oh my god that's sitting around like, it's a nuclear battleship game but it's like a nuclear war <laughs> yes. it's like it's, oh man it's so good the fake commercials are great i love beerhoven's like fake commercials fake news like again starship troopers is probably like the direct parallel like to robocop the closest thing he's done um yeah the fake commercials are so good. I'm like, these. it's like, it's funny now because we live in this crazy time where it feels like some of the stuff is, the satire is not even, doesn't go far enough anymore. Cause it's like, we're, I feel like once we got into the Trump era, not to get political, it's like, I felt like we were beyond satire. Cause I felt like, <laughs> it's like, I live in crazy times. Like nothing, you can't satirize stuff that's so insane, happen news every day that it's like, how far do you push it? It's like, you right. know, it's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, and just crazier stuff happening all There's the time. There's something to be said for that. Well, and, <laughs> and advertising too, yeah. you know, it's, 
there was a time when it was like you would open up a newspaper or a magazine, see advertising. If you turned on your radio, you'd hear advertising. Maybe you drive past billboards or you watch television. Mm -hmm. But now with smartphones and everyone on the internet, it's like the advertising is like everywhere and it's just nonstop. And like really personalized to you. Like, you yes. know, like, because your phone knows what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. track, it's like, oh, you were looking at shoes. Well, how about this, you know, this brand? Like, and it, it's, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's like things have changed so much. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I would, I, I would say they should re Robocop again, but they did a Robocop reboot that's not very good. And I forget it exists. Um, I think Verhoeven's the secret sauce. They keep trying to remake, yes, like Verhoeven stuff. And... Stop. <laughs> <laughs> or do it with like a Basic Instinct two without him. It's not a very good movie. No, I just stop. Haven't seen this whole recall remake. I know Mark Warner defends it. I have not seen it. He's like, if you pretend it's not a remake, it's good. I think is what he said. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I never saw it. Um, it's I just he's the he's like the the special ingredient because he's got this very unique vision yes. going yes. on and it's very hard to replicate i mean there's robocop sequels where they try uh and they i think I, okay not jump ahead but i've always liked robocop 2 probably helps i saw it young because i thought it was a decent um what's the word approximation of his stuff it's not as good but they try to do the fake commercials they try to do the fake news i felt like it felt like it's of a like as a of a piece threes i fucking hate robocop three <laughs> like not to get on this this kick but i was <laughs> mad as like a child watching robocop three because i'm like they wimped out they made it pg-13 um they changed peter waller's not there they spoiler alert kill lewis i fucking hate that they <laughs> they just it's it sucks it's so bad i hate robocop 3. so um and that one i think really misses the mark on trying to still do they still try to do like the fake commercials fake news and i feel like they've lost all the edge of the first RoboCop and it's just very bad. <laughs> like um, two does. Okay. I think, but there's still nobody who can quite get it right. Like Verhoeven does. So yeah, he just brings some weird, weird stuff to it. I mean, and the script is very good too. Cause I mean, they were saying like a lot of it's in the original script by Ed yeah. Meyer and what's the guy's name, Mike Miner, Mike Miner. Um, yeah. Because I watched this thing, because I've seen other things about RoboCop, but I, there's a thing on Netflix called Movies That Made Us. Yeah. The series. Uh -huh. There's a RoboCop episode, which is pretty entertaining. Um, but Ed Newmeyer apparently had this idea for the script because he, like, worked on the lot at, I think, Warner Brothers. Whoever put, I think, uh, Blade Runner out, which I think is Warner yes. Brothers. And yes. he, like, snuck on to the Blade Runner lot. But he said it was such a big set. And there's so many people you could just get on the Blade Runner set <laughs> and no one would notice you were there. Blend in. Blend in. Yeah. He was like, I think I just helped like throw trash around. So and then he got the idea for Robocop being on the Blade Runner set, which I could see because he saw all the cool like cars, the, the futuristic Yeah, all the cars. futuristic stuff. Yeah. He's like, what if there was like a robot cop who came out of that futuristic cop car? And I mean, credit to them because yeah, there's a lot of the they put the stuff in the script that's like the stuff we now all appreciate as like the extra layers and then Verhoeven is really good at bringing it out and yes. accentuating it I think because yes. he sees all this stuff in America at the time in the 80s which is and again I don't think as a kid about Ronald Reagan now I know a lot of stuff about Ronald Reagan <laughs> things he did in America 
And I'm like, oh, this is really satirizing 80s Reaganomics. Yes. <laughs> Reaganomics. Yep. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just rambling. But I just... no. And that, and that was just the beginning. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like Reagan left office and this stuff stopped. No, there's. <laughs> no, we're still dealing with it. Probably we're still dealing with it. They're so expensive. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Privatization of things like look at the privatization of prisons. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very prevalent to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, militarization of the police. They enacted laws that relaxed and made that possible for mm -hmm. the military to collaborate with local law enforcement and to give them equipment. That just ramped up all the more after 9-11. Like, this, this stuff is still very much relevant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... I feel like I watched this last, like maybe like in the middle of 2020, 2021. I was trying to find my older view. So I was talking about all this stuff and I was like, oh, all this stuff is still relevant. <laughs> like, sadly, all this stuff is still relevant. Um, sorry, I'm pulling my, because what did I say? Uh, <laughs> it was like, um, yeah, police mobilization, corrupt politics, corrupt uh, corporate entities, uh, capitalism, consumerism, <laughs> uh, general takedown of Reagan era values. <laughs> like, um, it's all there. Yeah. The police stuff was definitely heavy. It was middle of 2020. So the police stuff was definitely pretty heavy at the time. Oh, um, yes. That's what was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause yeah, there's a lot of like, yeah, OCP trying to own the cops. And it's like, ugh, you know, it's like, it's just a lot of, there's, there's so no, much. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This corporation, Omni consumer products uh -huh. and Omni great name. It means all of all things <laughs> yes. in all places, the origin from the Latin for all like it's <laughs> and they do. So you've privatized law enforcement. So Omni owns the cops and they also create the products you know, tactical stuff, weapons they've, they're trying to sell to the military as well as to the police. It's like they're working on Ed 209 because not only will they give it to the cops, they'll, for what do they call it? urban pacification. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of corporate speak that kind of tries to varnish over what you're really saying to make it more palatable <laughs> uh -huh. and something you can sell in a meeting. And they're also going to sell, you know, defense contracts. So... You all of that. You look at the housing developments. So they're they want to develop. They want to take old Detroit, redevelop it into Delta City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and all the real estate that comes in with that. And you can just imagine that they're going to have all their products to sell. And and they're also doing like real estate. Like they're when when Murphy once once he's been transformed into robocop goes and has the memories and goes back to his his old family home mm -hmm. that's for sale and it's it's ocp that's on all the monitors selling mm -hmm. his house so it's like at this micro level there's they're doing real <laughs> estate selling you know just family homes they're also mm -hmm. doing this huge real estate deal and uh, it's crazy i'm surprised all amazon is on this point yet uh <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is this is something that's interesting because, you know, there there have been mega corporations. Right. Right. 
for a long time now. We've gotten away though, right? From like thinking a lot about kind of some of these consumer goods. Like there's some of those companies that are parent companies that own. Oh, right. I've seen all charts, these different yeah, divisions. Where you think it's, like, oh, this company is just, but no, they're actually owned by this bigger umbrella company. Yes. I think it's like four or five companies basically run the whole country. You right. know? It's like, uh, it's they have all these rampant. countries. Yeah. It's, we, we, yeah. we don't talk about it as much anymore. And you, you're starting to see this happening, this push in kind of the, in tech where, you know, a social media company wants to branch out and not just have one app, but several apps. And they also want to get into hardware and sell you VR or, you know, whatever. And they're, you know, at all of this trying to get their hooks in every uh-huh. every possible way to tap into a new revenue stream, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it yeah, I got a lot of problems with corporations. I always <laughs> <laughs> talk to uh, uh a friend of mine who is more, I'll say he's not he's I, I don't want to call him libertarian because he doesn't want to call himself libertarian but he's definitely more right on economics but he's very liberal sure. socially but okay. i'm just like don't you think these corporations like are fucked up and he's like he keeps trying to blame the government and i'm like or i guess he tries to blame both of them and i'm like i guess you could say it's both of them but he's like it's big business and big government partying up together and i'm like yeah but i'm like <laughs> but also the corporation it's like don't try to shift the blame i mean there's like they all the shady shit. I'm like, because he's kind of put, he's like, oh, they have rest, less regulations. I'm like, do you really want that? Because then it's like, they're dumping stuff in rivers and they're doing illegal shit all over the place. Like, um, you know, it's like very much like free market type of guy. And I'm like, the free market, <laughs> like, I, you know, I get it, but it's like, gotta be a little bit of control. I mean, like, I mean, there's, talking about like people buying real estate, which I think OCP does too. There's like that company BlackRock, I believe, that buys up mm. Now they're buying up like people like private homes. Like that we we used to sell your homes to people, but I think the past few years, if you're more and more about like, oh, these corporations just buy up these houses and then they yes. rent them out for exorbitant exorbitant amounts, and it's like, oh, like that's another problem. It just kind of feels like yes, every... or sit on properties that they're not ready to do anything with it. Yeah, <laughs> and so, so they can so really make things sit vacant, and so communities are kind of gutted when there's all of these homes that remain vacant because build them yeah a, a corporation <laughs> owns them yeah and isn't ready to move <laughs> yeah on I'll doing move. something with the property right they can afford to sit on it because they have tons yes. and tons of money <laughs> so yes uh yeah it's a lot of <laughs> like yeah and uh, there's all of that is here right <laughs> it's like we're all still talking about robocop here. yeah it's all still here in robocop like and you know this whole like the security concepts division you know so ed 209 the reason to develop this, at least the pitch is, you know, cops have to sleep and eat. <laughs> you know, how inefficient. <laughs> you know. We need machines, yeah. <laughs> we need machines. And and this is something that keeps coming up and it comes up in every industry, really. This idea of if... <laughs> If profits are the ultimate goal, right? And yeah, and for a corporation, I mean, they are. Yeah, they are. Period. Yeah. And it always has to be more. Every year, I see more profits. No exactly. What. Yeah. 
you know, so how do you maximize your resources? Spend less to make more. <laughs> how do you cut labor costs? Mm hmm. You know, I mean, so this is something that will continue to come up. It's coming up recently with AI. I mean, that's the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big one currently. This idea of will AI replace anyone who <laughs> deals with the written word, you know? Yeah. Or <laughs> anybody like anything. Yeah. I just read. I mean, this is never getting very depressing, I feel like. But I just read something about like, I think he's called like one of the godfathers or fathers of ai just quit his job at google or somewhere big yeah yeah i saw and that and said he was like i'm very scared of where this is going I was like, oh jesus christ i was like if one of the guys who's like the fathers of ai is like i don't like where this is headed i'm like that doesn't seem good uh that's not like did any of us watch terminator like come on this is skynet it's like this is how it starts <laughs> oh i know <laughs> right like i i saw terminator i was like four or five years old yeah, and I knew, and I got it. Too, yeah, don't let them have too much power. That's a very like you got to. If be a kindergartner can understand this concept, I don't know why it's so hard. But yeah, but you know, in a system where money talks and bullshit walks, and people want more. Yeah, I always wonder if we get to the point. We're probably still, hopefully, far away from this. If AI could just do basically everything, what are we all going to do? Because I don't think, you know, what I, like if they all take all of our jobs, if AI can just do everything, if it can do office work, if they can get machines with AI to do manual labor, do we all, I don't think we all get to sit around and paint and write, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, well and that's the maybe, thing. Maybe, but it's like. That, that, I mean, I could. <laughs> oh, man. We. We're, we're in danger. Dark I'm sorry. No, we're in danger of me starting to get on my soapbox. And I don't know that we want to oh. do that. I mean, it's probably but I I will say yes. It, yeah, in a society like if if there was the idea that we all have that each and every single human being has social rights, that you have the right to adequate housing, adequate food, right. adequate medical care, then yeah, bring in the robots, man. Go for it. <laughs> right. That's and that's what I was getting. I didn't want to make it sound like we have to sit around and paint. Yeah. I would love to sit around no. write and paint and listen to music and do yes. whatever. But I just don't think we're in a society that would allow us to do nothing. But if they if they want AI or robots to take our jobs or take like because I do think AI is already very close to the point where it can start doing like you know, writing tasks and like kind of menial office work. Sure. I don't know. I'm no AI expert, but it feels like we're getting closer. Routine, routine, routine type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're getting close to that and then I'm thinking like, great, let the machine take my job, but I'm sure there's no systems in place to support me to do whatever I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. the government ain't paying me to do no nothing. They're going to find it. Just I, like, where do we go? Because like, you can't, you can't have, I guess you could have both, but you have everybody in the country just like, what, live on the streets? Like, I don't know. We're down a deep hole here. So. No, these are, the, um, this is what I, I had a feeling that like this is going to happen. Well, and, and bringing it back to our, our movie, you know, one of the things that people talk about anytime this comes up and most recently it's been AI in the news, people will say, oh, well, I've seen what, what the AI chat, whatever wrote this is not up to scratch. Right, right. This isn't good enough. They can, the, It can't replace us. Here's the thing, though. 
corporate greed as such, they don't give a shit if right. it's good. Yeah. Does it sell? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And that's something we see in RoboCop, like Ed 209. The the vice president, Dick Jones, the vice president of the company, Dick Jones, he doesn't care if it works. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care. If if that if that poor executive hadn't have been murdered. Yeah, they would have went went through with Ed 209 and whether it worked or not didn't matter. What mattered was, can we sell it to the military? Can we sell it to the city? Didn't care if it worked. Yeah, exactly. It's... That was not the concern. <laughs> I know. The quality they, uh... of the product was not the concern. <laughs> I was going to bring it back to Robocop by saying, remember Robocop shot that guy in the dick? Like, that was going <laughs> to Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> he did it much classier than I was going to um, Because it's the kind of movie that, Raises these important questions. And you're like, oh, wasn't awesome? He shot that guy. <laughs> like it's a, it's there's two levels. There's multiple levels. This uh, there's no, multiple levels. Um, the hell of a shot. It's, I, it's well, and even and even this right. So, RoboCop <laughs> with his with his his ability <laughs> to calculate and compute. Right to aim and you know have perfect aim and see through the skirt to be able uh -huh. to target you know <laughs> so that he's able to shoot the rapist's dick through her legs and not hit uh -huh. her i mean that's yes. beautiful that is <laughs> but uh -huh. the next beat is that this woman who's just been Assaulted. delivered from this this you know she was just yeah. assaulted she's now been saved and she goes to hug him and robocop is a he's a machine right he cannot provide her with emotional support <laughs> and he just says you know mad madam or something you've had an emotional shock <laughs> you've been through I a will trauma notify yeah. the rape, a rape crisis, crisis center, center. yeah you know, and and this woman like is is looking for a human being, and 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 he isn't one. Yeah. See, another reason I kind of like the Robocop sacrifice. Two, I was gonna say Robocop two. He gets to be a little more human in that one for parts of it because he kind of yeah they fuck with his programming a little bit. But uh, um... right. Well, and, and in the course of this film, like that that takes place the first night Robocop is out. Oh, yeah, he does. He hasn't more had all his memories yet. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I do. I mean, like when he. Yes, when he has a little more humanity to him, but uh, um, but yeah, that is that shouldn't be funny, but it's just kind of like how robotic he is with her. Like, I'll notify a rape crisis center, and then she's like, okay, and she looks like, okay, bye. I guess, like, I guess I'll go. I mean, I'd be fucking shocked if I saw a robot cop. Do you know I mean like what? Like, everyone should be shocked to see Robocop show up on the first night because they've never <laughs> seen it before, and it's like, what the fuck is this? I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, and I love how people just keep shooting at him when it's like. It's like that's clearly not working. <laughs> like, well, and this is drug lab, yeah. <laughs> you know, poking fun at America. Mm -hmm. And if anything, this has become more relevant. <laughs> yes. People just shooting in public. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the first instinct to shoot first. Yes, yeah. Shoot first, yeah. ask questions later. Very true. Yeah. And we <laughs> we see that on both sides of the law. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
this has become a staple of of American culture. Yeah, I mean, America loves their guns. I don't know, just like sadly, right? But, so I, yeah, so everyone in this movie is just like just fire more rounds. Like that's the solution <laughs> to everything. Yeah. <laughs> just fire more rounds. Mm-hmm. Get a bigger weapon. Yeah, basically. It's like Bodiger and his crew get a bigger weapon. Mm-hmm. That's the solution. Get a bigger weapon and fire more rounds on yeah. full auto, if possible. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's basically the solution to everything. It's just shoot at it more um, in this movie. <laughs> but um, which I, I mean, I watch this again. I, I'm like, I get why people, I guess, just took this at face value. I can't blame. Like even people that weren't uh, five or six, like I was, like because uh, I mean you can just watch it, but like that was a cool movie, man. Like like you know, we're yeah. that guy. Yeah, but, if yeah. if you're thinking about like oh it's some dystopian, like it's a dystopian version of our world, uh-huh. or just it's very dynamic, fast paced, really well shot, yeah, it, yes, well acted, it... <laughs> so it is entertaining. It is. That is, Verhoeven is very good at making things still be entertaining while having all these subtle messages that sometimes yes. so subtle they go to people's heads. Like, I thought the good guys in Starship Troopers were the humans. And I'm like, oh no, we went to their planet <laughs> and invaded and shot them. And yeah, like, you know, it's like basically criticizing America for invading, you know, that went yeah. whoop, right over my 10 year old head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck those bugs. Um, so, you know, it's very easy to sort of fly by people. Um, I was going to say, oh, God, I was hit RoboCop. Um, it is really well shot. It's, uh, I I appreciate how much was done practically. Yes. I mean, they had a real, like, dream team of people working on this. They had Rob Bottin from a, a Thing and many other movies yeah. doing, he made the suit and did a bunch of, and Phil Tippett, who's like a, a legend of um, miniature effects. Um, did you ever see Mad God that he did? I didn't know. Okay. I think you would like it. It's a another weird experimental movie that he worked yeah. on for like, you know, 30 years or something. I've heard good it. things. I, I just haven't gotten around to it, but I will. It's weird. I mean, but it's <laughs> it's like I like weird, you know me. Yeah, yeah. And it very impressive uh miniature effects. I'm like just it's amazing. So people like that, I mean, looks great. The one thing that still makes me laugh to this day, it is kind of goofy. <laughs> I think you know what I'm gonna say is when Dick Jones Get shot. Spoilers for Robocop. Dick Jones gets idea to say that. Gets gets shot at the end of the movie and falls out the window and his arms are very elongated. <laughs> like, right. Uh, which <laughs> noodly. You know, noodly. Very like he he's like Stretch Armstrong got pulled and he's falling out of the the but you know what? It's fine. I find it very charming. But so much of it I think holds up well because it's this mix of all these different um things, all these different effects. Like um so yeah, I just I mean I love all that stuff too. Like that's like the problem like the new Robocop that they did. Part of the reason it sucked was that like the suit's very generic. It's a black suit. I think they use way more CGI. Like it's just not it's just not the same as like you know people work on these practical and squibs. My God, the squibs. It's like squibs. That... <laughs> what was the squib budget? Like the Des, budget. Yes, I wanna know. Does anybody know? The budget wasn't that much for the whole movie. That's why in that little right. thing I watched on Netflix, it was like they kept talking about the budget and then keep going back to Orion and saying, we need more money. Um, I think they only ended up being like at maybe 15 million or less. And Verhoeven was pissed because he he was like saying it was like a 20 million dollar movie and he never had money. But so I'm amazed they did all this stuff for like less than 15 million dollars. And 
the squid budge alone. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it had to be. It had to be a lot. There's a lot of squids. No, I. It looks great, and I. You know, I mean, hey, you just got done. You just wrapped up your Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> where there yeah. was plenty of discussion about practical versus CGI. And this is something that I think will keep coming up. I mean, yeah, you know, it's... <laughs> until um, our respective, your generation and mine die off. <laughs> oh no. So sad. <laughs> this is so well, cause the young kids, I mean, the young kids, I, I don't, I mean, don't it's care. all CGI. They don't care. Yeah, I don't. I just, I just saw something because Barbie just came out, and I don't know if it was the young person who posted it, but it was going around where it was like, oh, it's so cool how they did this thing on Barbie because they just did like an old school effect of like putting the Barbie car on like a almost like a big treadmill and moving the background, like it's all real, like but it's in camera, and people were like, this is so neat, and like let me type out old movies were made, kids, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> like, so I don't know if that was someone like young spreading that or not, but it was just funny. It's like people now, but I mean, we're kind of maybe coming back around. Cause like Tom Cruise does stuff in his movies. That's like real. And people are blown away by sure. that. Cause we've gone so far the other way with CGI that like people see, you know, Tom Cruise jump a bike off a mountain and they're like, Oh my God, at least it was real. So um, maybe we're com this summer has been weird too. Cause a lot of movies have bombed like Indiana Jones kind of bombed and, and some other big CGI movies. So I don't know if that's a, like a part of people are kind of tired of like, so much of these cgi fests you know i don't know i'm trying to be maybe. hopeful that maybe maybe we'll see you know, we'll, we'll see, see what happens <laughs> yeah i was i was really i mean it's always it's so iconic robocop the suit yeah is so <laughs> iconic but it really struck me this time all all the little details of it the little intricacies of it the casting of Peter Weller is just so perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know he hated it. <laughs> I know he hated working on this movie. He sounded miserable. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll finish my thought afterwards. But it's just, but yeah. he is just so, he has such a distinctive face that yes. even when the helmet is on and he's all suited up, that that jawline he has, it's like, yeah, it's him. Yeah. And it and it it just really works. His presence really works. And I know that moving in the suit was very difficult and huge challenge. But I thank him <laughs> for her enduring because it looks amazing. He looks amazing as Robocop. And he's able to really straddle that line between, you know, to be the cyborg that's robotic but there's that that little bit of humanity that's still present mm -hmm. that's not easy to do yeah. this his his portrayal of robocop is one of the best arnold schwarzenegger as the terminator would be another mm -hmm. but this one definitely because he's actually in like the robotic suit and going through quite a bit of the movie that way it's just incredible. It looks incredible. I think his performance is incredible. Yeah, it's not. It was not easy. Like it was not easy for him. Uh, you're just stuck in this suit for like most of the shoot. I mean, there's some stuff before he's RoboCop, but not much. And I they shot this in like Dallas for the most part in the summer. Hot. 
He said it was like 100 degrees. Hot. Um, he's in this suit that takes hours to put on. It looks, when you, like, you see the behind the scenes, it looks even more miserable to be in this giant suit. And apparently there was like, Rob Bottin said he needed more time to make the suit. So they shot every, literally everything they could that did not involve the RoboCop suit. And then they still didn't have enough. They still like were done before the suit was done. So they had to just hang out on the set apparently. And everyone was telling these stories like Nancy Allen and um, my God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Kurtwood Smith were saying like, yeah, we, then we just watched like Peter Weller, like practice with a mime in <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> we waited for the suit to show up. Cause it was like Peter Weller was doing these like robot moves with like a mime. And then once he actually got in the suit, it was like he couldn't do like anything. He practiced hardly, so it was like he'd waste his time. That would be <laughs> frustrating. He, he was pissed. He almost left the movie. I think at one point I heard like they said yeah, it was like him and Verhoeven fought like crazy. Verhoeven apparently was not easy to deal with. Like nobody thought he was easy to deal with. But um, you know, it's it's part of his uh, what's the word? Um, creative genius. Probably <laughs> he just he was very very high strung. It sounded like just you know we gotta go. We gotta yelling about stuff. Um, yeah. Sounds like an insane shoot. Like it sounded like kind of miserable for everybody, <laughs> but especially Peter, especially Peter Weller, because like I don't know how he did it. He couldn't even go to the bathroom. He's once he's in the suit, you know, yeah. he's just stuck in this suit, can barely move. It's hot as hell. Like, and dang, when you yeah. look at it, like when you really look at it, and and just it's the contrast of the the metallic, you know, like uh, steel. Mm-hmm. or titanium or whatever it's supposed to be and then like the the dark you know like black spaces in between mm-hmm. and so it's like you forget like no like his body is in there <laughs> right <laughs> it's just wedged into the suit yeah it's just it's <laughs> to think about what that must have been like thankfully i mean and i don't know if he feels this way but thankfully this film is is a is a cultural touchstone now it's one of the most yeah. iconic films i think he's back on board i think he didn't of talk the about 20th century time. i i agree i mean it's everyone knows robocop like yeah you know it's so and the name you is you made big sacrifices <laughs> probably worth it probably worth it. in the long run in your yeah. contribution to the art form and to pop culture at large i hope he feels it was worth it now because as a gift he gave us. I think he is coming. I think he's like doing, he'll talk about it more now. I think he was in like a documentary about it. I think he did the voice. There's a new video game coming out, a Robocop video game coming out this mm. year that I think he did the voice for that. So I think he's not as resistant to it. I think at one point he was like, nope, because he does, he's not in three. It's a different, it's Robert John Burke or John Robert Burke. I don't remember the guy's name. Um, but that was, even as a kid, I recognized something's different here. Even before he took the helmet off, I was like, not the same guy, which you be so it's just the jaw. If they can't, it's just the face. Yeah. But I'm like, no, no, something's different. Um, and even that not not as good as Peter Weller. You think they probably thought it's easy to replicate. He's in a suit most of the time. He takes the helmet off. No, no. It is one it, I think it's truly one of my favorite like costume suit designs, however you want to say it. I I think like this and like the predator design and like the xenomorph are like my three favorite. I guess the predator xenomorph more like monster designs, but like just, just iconic looking <laughs> things. It's like something that it's, rec- it's a complete transformation. Yeah, of a body. Like just yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just crazy. So I love the RoboCop design. I'm I 
yeah, that's I, I, I not to bag on the remake or re- reboot or call it again, but like that that black suit design is so blah. I think compared to how cool this one looks, I don't think it's just like a bias of like, oh, that's why I like the kid. I think the black one is so like generic. I don't know, like sure, yeah. And then what sets that apart from like like Batman, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. the one thing I always did think was funny about RoboCop. He was a kid. I was like. The man ain't very fast. He's not very mobile. <laughs> like, if you run from him, I imagine you could probably get away because um, they didn't have the capability to show him. <laughs> like, but you saw that auto nine. You saw the fucking hand cannon. He doesn't well, have to run after you. Well, that's true. But you get on a corner. <laughs> you might be okay. You can, if you put if you put some separation between if like a, a wall or something, maybe you can make it. Um, He'll catch up to you. And when he does. You're in trouble. Yeah, it's no, over. It's over. You, once he gets close to you, it's over. Like, and he moves. Fa- he moves better. He's got more mobility than Ed Two Hundred Nine. Well, that's true. In a little who fight, thwarted yeah. by a flight of stairs. <laughs> Always makes me laugh that he falls. It makes like a noise, like a dinosaur, but he falls. Yeah, it like, growls. It makes these like dinosaur raptor roar or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always find it funny. He loses to a flight of stairs, basically. Yes, because yeah. But that makes sense, though, right? Like, yeah, you know, in some in some movies, it's like the big, you know, you get the the big fight, the antagonist, and they're foiled by some really stupid thing. And you're kind of like, okay, well, that's the plot armor. Our hero can't die. So you have to have some stupid thing that <laughs> that makes it so that the villain loses. But in this, this makes perfect sense. Ed 209 was not designed to be the perfect killing machine is just a money-making proposition. So I could see they rush job this thing and they never thought about what if Ed 209 had to go down a flight of stairs? <laughs> yeah. What if Ed encountered stairs? Whoops. Yeah. It's like it's that, like, but that makes sense. It does. It, it, it does. It, 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 it's in line with the intention of these characters and, and the message that the film is trying to put forth. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Right. And it's, it's just funny. It it is just funny because yeah, Robocop's pretty much screwed at that point, but then he's saved by stairs, so it all works out. <laughs> and they do love it because back at the end, and you're like, oh god, another Ed two hundred nine, and just blows it away with that gun. Like he just shoots yeah. it with that giant gun. Um, and like, oh, that was easy. Um, I mean, yeah. So that stuff. I mean, it's it's a movie where it's all like at the end, it's like all still cool, and I love, I love the the action and all the the sci fi stuff. But then it gets better because it has all these other things going on that we yes. already talked about, like. So it's enjoyable on many, many levels. Um, I was thinking, God, I love that Robocop theme is so good. The, it dan, is dan, good. Dan, dan. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Basil Polidorus. What else is, what else has he done? Cause I feel like I should have. Conan the it. Barbarian. Oh yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. <laughs> I know you love Conan the Barbarian. I, uh... You already know. I'm, I don't have to harp on that anymore. <laughs> Film fees listeners have, are sick of hearing me talk about that oh, he's done a lot he also stuff. yeah he worked on red dawn flesh and blood hunt for red october he worked on a lot of things wow yeah but that is like one of the iconic like yeah. theme songs i feel like it's great it kicks in i'm like yeah like uh um i love the scene when i think it's a, they use the theme there. like when um basically so robocops just fought ed 209 gets out and then there's all the cops who're ready to turn yeah. on him like yeah two or three cops like, what are you doing cop and then they I, as he's escaping, I think the did they use a different piece of music? I love it. The music like swells up 
when he's trying yeah. to escape and he's getting shot. Um, that's so good. Uh, it's it's um, so good. And I love how that scene is a parallel of Murphy being gunned down by oh. Boddicker and his crew, by the criminals. And they're being gunned down and by cops. And then now RoboCop is being gunned yeah. down by cops. Yeah. There's this hail of bullets. It's, yeah. It's so good. And we didn't, even talk, great... we didn't even talk about the other thing, about this being like a whole a Jesus allegory. <laughs> or like a Jesus comparison. And Barrow, okay. I think, has like He's Jesus. That. He's Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> he's like, a, there's a lot going on here. That, <laughs> like, because he gets like shot in the hand. You can take the, get the nails through the hand. He walks right? on water at one point. Uh, yeah. I think Barrow has pretty much confirmed. It's like, yeah, it's a Jesus allegory. <laughs> it's like, what a wild... You know, like yeah. Jesus pops up in a lot of places. Well, this is true. Another thing Verhoeven got right about America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he pops up everywhere. Um, I it's just, everywhere. It's... Guns and Jesus. It's everywhere. <laughs> and advertisements. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's America in a nutshell, right? <laughs> Guns, Jesus and advertisements. Um, <laughs> and, a, and a corporation trying to drive down real estate prices so they can buy it up and build more shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It. Yes. Um, and then using, I mean, basically, well, I guess Dick Jones using the criminals against them and causing chaos and all this stuff. And he tells um, Bodiger, he's like, yeah, when we're building Delta City, we're in all these construction workers, it's going to be drugs, prostitution, gambling. You want in on that? He's like, OK, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, Ronnie Cox is so good at being slimy in this. Like, it's yes. he's so good at being slimy in this that the, I watched. Beverly Hills Cop, like years later, like I didn't see Beverly Hills Cop till probably like, I don't know, few, five, five, six years ago and put together that it was Dick Jones. And I'm like, I, it was hard for me. I thought it was going to turn on him. I kept thinking because I'm like, <laughs> it's Dick Jones. He's a ba he's a bastard. Like he's going right. to he's going to turn on him at some point because he's just such an evil man. Because <laughs> He's so good at being like evil in this. Um, he's he's such a bastard. And uh, th this blew my mind. Also, this is a side thing. But I was like. Ronnie Cox has like permanently looked like older to me. And I was like, how old is he in Robocop? Because Ronnie Cox is still alive to this day. Uh, good for that man. He's like, like approaching 90, but he was 49 in this. I thought he was in his like early to mid 60s in Robocop. I was this is shocked a, he was 49. This is a thing. This is a thing. I I do this a lot. Look up the age of mm -hmm. actors. Because especially as, as I am now, I have now entered middle age. I'm like, how old is this person in relation to how old I am now? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. Like, I'm always doing that. But it is an interesting thing when you certain actors and and when you were so much younger, they seemed elderly and yes. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> they were not. I mean, is it just me? Does he not look older or do you think but he, he does looks... look older? OK, OK. I was like... he does look older than 49. <laughs> Yeah, maybe an 80s 49. I don't know. I was like, because I, I have uh, my mom and stepdad are in their late 60s, early and friends in their early 70s. They have friends that look younger than him. and He's 49. So yeah. uh, I was just I was blown away. And then it's funny because he's such a bastard. You know, I know. Yeah. We're, maybe we're just aging better these days. I don't know. We're not. We were smoking know. more back in the day. People were smoking <laughs> more that. I mean, that adds some years. It does. That's I see people in like 40s, 50s movies. And I'm like, oh, they look in their mid 50s and it's like they're 25. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because <laughs> they were bathing in cigarette smoke and probably drinking bourbon. Like, I think if you didn't even smoke, you had no choice but to be surrounded by smoke most of the time. Oh, so, and it's yeah, so delicious. <laughs>
I found no. a picture uh-huh. when I was, I recently had a house move. So I was boxing up all my worldly possessions. And I, I, I found the, this photograph when I visited Minneapolis, Minnesota mm-hmm. in 2001. Was it 2001 oh. or the year 2000? I think it was the year 2000. Mm-hmm. It must have been. Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> that was a long ass time ago now. <laughs> uh-huh. And they had already outlawed indoor smoking in California. Mm-hmm. But when I <laughs> when I went on this trip, I found out that there were still smoking in restaurants. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. For not for too much longer, it ended up getting oh. outlawed there as well. But I so I went, I took myself out to eat because the people I was traveling with didn't smoke. And I was like a pack and a half, almost two packs a day smoker at that time. Took myself out to eat, went to this Mexican restaurant, sat there by myself in the smoking section, smoking and eating. And I asked the waiter to take my picture because I wanted to commemorate being able. <laughs> This one of this last this last opportunity to smoke in a restaurant. And I have it. The picture of me very happily enjoying my plate of enchiladas and having a smoke. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That feels like that they got rid of that a long time ago. Cause like it was a long so time many ago. People, I, so many young people <laughs> would not even think about like someone almost had to remind me recently about like, remember you go into a restaurant, you say smoking or non-smoking? And that hasn't yeah. happened to me in like 15, 20 years at least. Like, um, you know, I just, I was like, what a like memory unlock. Cause like, it just, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't happen anymore. It's just so weird. But like, yeah, in the forties, fifties, I feel like you walk in anywhere. Smoke everywhere. Everywhere. Hospitals. <laughs> People smoked in hospitals. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like everywhere. Um, just smoking everywhere. Um, but, uh, so I was, sorry, I was just saying Ronnie Cox, Dick Jones, he's a bastard, but I think he's such a bastard that, Daniel Hurley is like the old man who pops up in the other Robocop movies too. And yeah. like his right hand man, Johnson, who I find very funny. Uh, if it's like, they're such bastards too, but they're almost hiding behind how shitty Dick Jones is. Even how point, villainous he is. Yeah. Even to the point where, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like the old man's kind of in on it, but then once like, uh, Dick Jones takes him, uh, hostage, hostage and he's like, you're fine, which is a great moment when you're he's like, you're fired. And then he shoots him out the window, which is great. Great villain death. Uh, it's just all great. Oh, and it's so good. Perfect ending. It's like, what's your name, son? And Murphy. And then it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. Theme comes on. I love it. Um, and it's just like, and then I'm like, wait a minute. These, this other asshole's still alive because he causes more problems in the sequels because it's like, oh, yeah, you still run this company that's doing terrible things. Right. Because um, that's another, the thing. Yeah. I think Ed Neumeyer also think part of his script was like he liked the idea of, because it was the 80s, um, high-powered yuppie executives like offing each other like killing each other (laughs) yeah the corporate culture yeah in ocp very toxic (laughs) very toxic Mm -hmm. and all these little details like the executive washroom you have to have a special key to get in the door yes (laughs) so you know that the plebs can't be in your bathroom (laughs) can't be in your bathroom yes <laughs> you know i mean it's just they've got like stock like tickers on the in the bathroom on the wall yes. which just seemed to me this is so 80s like um 
it's just I always think of that as like the the big boom for like corporate America, like riding the stock market and just the how how lush and big their corporate offices were because they had so much money to spend. And it's like um, no corners are being cut at the corporate offices back in the 80s. I feel like they were like, right. Spend it all. Like I talked to my mom and said that and their friends about how things were at their jobs in the 80s. Now it's like a whole different world up until like the 2000s. Like it's just how things, the money the companies would spend on stuff or started cutting stuff. People got company cars. Who gets a company car? Like the raises they got. I'm like, you know, it's like, good Lord. They were just like living it up. But it's just like that all the bottom fell on that. But the, oh, yeah. the RoboCop executive bathroom. Like that's that's an 80s corporate bathroom for sure. Um, I love how everybody's so scared of Dick Jones because they just know he's in there and they all start running out of the. Oh, it's a great scene. Yeah, it's that's a great scene. I uh the one of my favorite parts that you're just like, oh, it's so gross. And like it's funny because it's so gross mm -hmm. is when when Robocop is being built mm -hmm. and and we're getting his POV. Oh of yeah, yeah. you know, all of these the people working the project. And they have their like it was a New Year's Eve party or a Christmas party or something. I think it's New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And they're all drinking and they're, you know, whatever. And then they like one of the women comes over and kisses Robocop. Oh, yeah. And it's like so disgusting. It's like this poor man <laughs> died. You're turning him into a cyborg. <laughs> you know, and because he's dead, you can do whatever you want to his body. Because mm -hmm. he signed a waiver, unknowingly, <laughs> of course. Because who would who would think that they would take it that far? Right, right, yeah. It's like, and and that's something that keeps coming up, even today. Mm -hmm. The waivers that we sign. Oh God knows the ones I've signed that off. We on, never like, read on and... these apps. I don't even read them. I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. Like, like <laughs> who knows? Who knows what I've said they could do? What to you've me. agreed to? Apple could probably come take my body when I die. I don't know. <laughs> Right. So I I love how it 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 touches on that, which is something that is still very much a thing to be concerned about, a thing for people to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then for her to like kiss him and it's like, you know, they're all drunk and wasted. And for them, it's right. like this fun company party. And this this poor man is <laughs> it's like, sitting there like, oh, <laughs> It's it's wild. <laughs> I do love the the I mean, I it's kind of spoiled because of obviously trailers at the time, I'm assuming. But like the slow build up to the full reveal of Robocop, like oh. the Hogan is, <laughs> is trying it. his best to hide it. I'm sure the marketing gave it all away because you got to show Robocop. But um, he does a great job. I was watching this time like, you know, it's like I I know what Robocop looks like, but I'm like looking for how he hides it. It's the POV at first, which is a great idea yeah. um, of how it gets. But done. there's a flash. At one point, oh, yeah, he walks by his POV, a TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's like a mirror or like a monitor or something, and mm -hmm. he sees, you know, his reflection. We get just a glimpse of it. Yes, yeah, which probably even harder to catch in like VHS days, or if you're in a theater, it goes by in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. Like there's a monitor off the side, um, and like I've seen the movie enough. I think I was looking for it, but yeah, like you get glimpse of the monitor comes in the police station. You see a silhouette behind glass, like. Great job! Like I, it's like I felt bad for Verhoeven. I'm like, you tried so hard. I'm sure they spoiled all this in the marketing. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, but no, it's still, it's still great. Um, I love uh, 
what was I going to say? Um, oh my God, I lost my thought. <laughs> Kurtwood Smith is Bodiger. Such, again, oh, what a bastard. Oh, yeah. I, it's Such hard. a bastard. I can't look at him in any, he's kind of an asshole in that 70 show, which I barely watched, but I would see enough. And it's like, he's kind of a dick, but he's not obviously a psychotic murderer like he's in Robocop, but it's like, man, he's so good as the leader of that gang. They're all good at being just like slime bags. <laughs> like this, the they worst are. people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they reminded me of this time? And it's funny because they came out the same year, I think. 87. <laughs> they remind me of the weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. I think that's the year after, but still, yeah. I've only, you know, I've only seen that one time. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it was only a few no. years ago. We did, uh, they did at this movie fest for 1988, I think it was. And oh my they God. I, I finally watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I've seen it once. Uh, but I think I remember who the weasels are. <laughs> if I see a picture. Yeah, you're right. 88. Uh, yeah, the weasels are because they're always laughing and they're like idiots. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK, I remember these guys. <laughs> and just yeah. and just very like callous. Yes. Like yeah. they enjoy inflicting pain. Mm -hmm. But they're a cart. They're the cartoons. Right. Right. So that kind of softens the edges. Mm hmm. <laughs> For our care for our criminal masterminds in this, it's like <laughs> Boddicker's crew, they're all idiots. Right. <laughs> they're comically stupid, comically sadistic. Mm -hmm. But I think because you're seeing like very graphically the things that they're doing, mm -hmm. there's like that weird tension of they're kind of funny, but also like very disturbing. Yeah, that's I, I think the the way they act makes the violence more disturbing. Like you said earlier, yes. the callousness, like the yeah. way that they act is like and you know what they you know what they actually really remind me of too is the gang in the crow. Yeah. And now that yeah. this is actually very similar to the crow, the more I think about it, like um, it is two movies I actually really love. I'm like, well, this hits in all the things I like. It's like uh, you know, revenge, justice, all this stuff. Like, and those guys are very similar because they act like crazy lunatics and they're always laughing about stuff and making jokes as they're like doing terrible things and um yeah which makes it worse when they like laugh about you know like if somebody oh, at least yeah. is like i don't know serious about it's like, something about laughing about terrible things happening makes it so much worse to me like that makes me so much angrier if it's like don't you laugh at this right now this is this is serious stuff you know yeah. like yeah and it's just so callous and uh I mean, they get they get fucked up though. They get there's like, I just man, they really do. They really do. It is it is sweet. Uh, <laughs> my God. I mean, the one guy gets it ten times worse than anybody else. I think uh, Emil, the, the Emil, guy, the, yeah, the, the toxic waste guy. Holy shit! That time again. This time I'm every time I see that I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> like he's horrifying when he comes out of toxic waste. It's like a nightmare, and then he gets just <laughs> disintegrated into nothing. Like by when he gets up by the car. Um. Everybody else gets off kind of easy in the book. Like, uh, yes. I mean, Kerbert Smith does get like hit in the neck and blood shoots out, which is not great. True. Everybody else. But that's quick, though. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you hit the jugular, you hit one of those major arteries. It's fast. You're done. Yeah. And then I love I think it's yeah. Ray Wise is up in the machine. And drops yeah. the stuff on Robocop, but then he's like celebrating. He's like, "I got him!" and immediately blown up by Lewis, <laughs> like, like instantaneous. Like says, "I got," him, and then yes. gets blown up. It's very good. Uh, um, <laughs> oh man, Nancy Allen's so good in this. 
Like, oh, Nancy Allen is great. She's, I love, here's one thing that I think is very cool about this film mm -hmm. that I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure other people have noticed this and talked about it. I don't think I'm hitting on something original, but it really struck me this time. I don't know that I had ever paid attention to this mm -hmm. aspect that there are women in the police force. They're getting changed in the same locker room as the men in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, Nancy Allen's character, Lewis is introduced and she's a badass. And they aren't treated any differently. Yeah. They're integral part of the force and gender is not an issue, which in a lot of movies of the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was either no female officers or if there were, there, you know, there was they're treated differently. Yeah, they make a big usually deal. Poorly. Uh right of it or something it's like right yeah they don't really draw attention to it in any they don't. way and th that was never, i never really thought about that before I noticed it about like yeah the women are changing right in the locker room with the men which is again another parallel to starship troopers everyone that scene where all everyone's just showering together basically and it's like yeah co-ed shower was like a very forward-thinking thing in 1987 because the military in the real world was not doing that obviously it's like, right it's separate so I think it's just a bear hope and probably is European tendencies coming through. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but I appreciate it. Oh, I, it's yeah, nice. yeah, it's good. I, they said a lot of things about in the little thing I watched on Netflix about like Nancy Allen, like uh, kind of what you, to point you just said, it's like that she liked that She's like a strong female character. And it's not drawn attention to. And like, it's kind of just, she just she is just a is. cop. Yeah. And like, yeah, apparently Nancy Allen's real dad was a cop for a long time in New York. And she took a lot of mm. stuff from him, which makes sense. I'm like, okay. Nice. And that she like, before that, people people were telling her like she, what she was. She's like, they're like, you're too pretty to play, play a cop because I before she's been in like she was like in Carrie as a good of teenage, course, and then she's in Dress to Kill as I think just yes, you know, like and she's never because I, I didn't know her when I all, RoboCop was all I knew her as for like a long time, and I see stuff pre RoboCop and I'm like, oh, that's very different than what she's doing in RoboCop, and but she's really good. Apparently, she said something that was really funny in the making of thing where she was like, yeah, I wanted to like get into character or like feel more like masculine so i wore like men's underwear <laughs> during the shoot <laughs> like just sure. to make myself yeah like why not uh you know <laughs> like, well it, um, it does change how you feel i couldn't imagine i don't know <laughs> but it's like it does like uh, yeah i but it was I, yeah she seems to i think she said for a while she was kind of hesitant to talk about it but now she like is like proud of it and also, she, a lot of people said they heard the title RoboCop before it was made. And they were like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and she was like, RoboCop, what is this? What am I doing? And it's like, oh, it's great. Like, it turns out it turned out great, basically. But uh, now she's really proud of it. But yeah, she's great. That's why I was so mad when they killed her off in three. I'm sure it was like a money or scheduling Probably. thing. But it just felt so cheap and like lazy. It was just like, oh, you're dead. Like 10 minutes in the movie, gets shot and just left for dead. It's like, oh, great. Okay. Um. And they never Yeah, made... Lewis is a great character. I love that she's she's a badass. She's mm -hmm. a full-fledged officer who contributes and she can take care of herself. And there's also she's also a very compassionate character. Like she is the first one to recognize Murphy. Yes, yeah, yeah. In RoboCop. Mhm. Mm she's the first one. Other people recognize him later too. But she's the first one. And 
and there is like they're full partners in this together and she looks out for him and and he looks out for her and it's just it's a very cool dynamic between the those characters those partners mm -hmm. and it's not romantic that's what i was gonna say too it never becomes romantic it's always just we're partners we're good friends like the uh, which is i mean it's sad too when she dies in three because they've been through <laughs> those characters have been through a lot together but uh yeah they never go romantic with it which i mean i guess would be weird when he was robocop but it's you know it's like before he becomes robocop no he's so devoted to his wife and kid it's like uh that's a thing i feel like i wish they'd fleshed out more they try to get into it in two uh like with the wife coming back and seeing him because that'd be i mean i guess they didn't they don't tell her right they i can't remember like now i'm blanking about like the wife they don't know what happens to him. Right. Okay. So that's a whole, that's a weird point too, to find out like, oh yeah, your husband's still, that's, I, I, yeah, they wrestled with that in two. That's what it was. So it's like that she finds out he's like alive, but as this, you know, RoboCop thing. And it's like, how do you deal with that? Where it's like, he is dead, but not really. It's kind of a lot. It's a very weird. Yeah. So it's a lot of <laughs> like just mortality and like using, I mean, again, like corporations just using people like as, you know, like, oh, he's dead, but we can reuse him because they always right. always say, like, don't give too much to your job, because if you die, they'll just replace you. And this is like the ultimate, like, oh, you die the job. Well, we're just going to we're going to just repurpose you as this robot cop, which you signed off on. But, you know, it's like so <laughs> creepy. It's, it's so creepy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very creepy. Um, But yeah, and it, I cannot this time I was shocked because I, I didn't think about I was like, how long is RoboCop? Like two hours like an hour 40 flat and it's done and they knock out they have to go through a lot in hour 40 minutes they've got to yes set up the, his character get him killed by the gang set up all the ocp stuff um get him built his robocop get him out of his robocop have all the stuff where he's like conflicted or his memories are coming back go find the gang i mean they do a lot it's a very economic movie in terms of and i don't feel like it short changes any of that like no I, you know, like, I feel like it just is so, so airtight. It's like uh, a script as well directed. It's so great. Yes. God, I love it so much. The writing, <laughs> the direction, <sighs> the editing, all the of effects. it. Yeah, it's like. Yes, it all comes together to tell this really interesting story that also happens to be wildly entertaining. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And it's done so efficiently. It's, I know. It's, it's like, what else do you say? I, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. they don't make them like this anymore. No, they really don't. I mean, they didn't really make them like this even then. Right? I mean, it's <laughs> that, like, that's true on some level. Yes, that's true. This is, uh, yeah, I, I was almost worried with RoboCop, such a big, famous movie in pop culture. Like everyone knows RoboCop. I was like, what are we going to say? But I feel like. We said a lot, so I don't know anything else you could think of to say about RoboCop. I, I, Fred, I want I want you to know I was mm -hmm. working on my notes earlier, mm -hmm. and I told my friend like I'm working so hard on these, and I've got all of these like bullet points and bullet like within bullets within bullets, and I'm like, there's no way we're gonna talk about all this, <laughs> and I'm probably not even gonna refer back to these notes more than once or twice. You can bring up anything I mean, you want. I was trying. It's to just ridiculous. I'm but, just yeah. looking at it, and it's just—I mean, it's just ridiculous. Because, like we said, this this film is so layered. There's so many layers to it, 
And it's so iconic. It's been talked about by so many people. Mm -hmm. I just, this is one that I have enjoyed in different ways over the course of my life. Right. Which is nice because some (laughs) movies like just kind of are one thing and it can be enjoyable. And that's good too. Yeah, yeah, that's fine too. A movie you could like as a kid might be the same movie. It's like, you know, I'm not getting like that much more out of, there's some great movies where I'm not like I'm getting much more out of it now as an adult, like Back to the Future. One of my favorite movies of all time. I don't think I'm getting much more out of it now than I did as a kid. Like, yeah. but it's a great movie. But like, your perspective is... might change in, in identifying more with the the adults. They're, yeah, the adults. Yeah, uh, which but... I hate when I do that. When I watch a movie where it's like, <laughs> where I as a kid oh. I know who I identify with. And now I'm watching. Is I'm like, oh, I'm like I identify with the adults. It's very scary. from here on out, my friends. No, I don't like it. I don't like this. <laughs> this is your new normal. Get used to it. Oh God, I don't like it. Uh, so, <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, but this one just keeps it, it, it always gives you something. It gets better. Like again, this time I was really more focused in on like the police trying to form a union and striking because that's such a topic right now with SAG and the Writers Guild striking. I was like, oh yeah, like pro union. Yes, I love it. Like there's just all these different little things you can latch onto. Um, and it still kicks ass. It's still an awesome. Yeah, like, well, yeah, um, and and this is something that. This is something that will continue to come up and it comes up in lots of industries. You look at like internet retailers like Amazon Mm -hmm. and in order to get your two day prime shipping, it means there's a lot of people that are working in warehouses trying to get this stuff, you know? And so Mm -hmm. then of course would like to unionize because they'd like better conditions. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how hard is that to understand? But, you know. I I want to ask you a question. Have you seen RoboCop 2 and 3? Have you seen both of them? I have not seen 3 for sure. 2. Like when people talk about it, there's things about it that seem familiar to me. But I don't know that I have. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) I would love to hear your thoughts on two. I don't recommend three. You can See, really stop it. This <laughs> is the thing, friends. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robocop is such a complete story. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any more. As a little kid, I couldn't get enough Robocop. So, like, give me more Robocop. <laughs> I don't I mean, need it. I don't still, need it anymore. There is still a story trying to take down. OCP because when we leave him they've just killed Duke Jones OCP that's is still right yeah very much standing um what will Robocop do now because I always was like were they gonna let him just be kind of off the leash all, you know what I mean like because they have this but then two there's one and two were so intertwined in my memory that some stuff I I mix up stuff that's in two uh, you mix in them one. up yeah like some of the commercials in two I'm like oh I do that with Poltergeist one and two. Oh, okay that <laughs> can understand I did that with well, I mean, I, I say Back to the Future 1 and 2, but there's parts of 2 that are literally lifted from 1, so that's not really yes. a fair comparison. But no, 2, I re- people hate on RoboCop 2. I don't, I really like it. Like, and I that may be more of a childhood bias coming through. Could be. Um, it's, it doesn't have the Verhoeven edge to it. But they really try hard to replicate it. There's some stuff in it, that, like the violence is just as upsetting as the first one. Like, there's, there's something in RoboCop 2 that has, haunted me to this day um it was one of those things the kid where i literally couldn't look at it where i was like this is too much oh. like um they 
and it's it's a thing that's like more subtly violent like they try to torture a guy and it involves a scalpel and it's terrifying um and uh it's i don't know i would love to hear your thoughts on two because i think it's in my mind i think it's still pretty good continuation of trying to pick up where one left off and there's still more stuff with ocp and interesting politics stuff and about drugs i think it's kind of mocking more the war on drugs type thing. Uh, which yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot that's ripe <laughs> for satire well i mean that was nancy reagan's whole thing right was the oh the war god on... yes because <laughs> i mean i really it's peter well and nancy allen are back i love tom noonan is the bad guy he's, and he's very great he's very creepy <laughs> like he's very good at being very creepy and he's a great <laughs> he is bad... good at that yeah i think he's a really good bad guy that's i think it you know like again kurtwood smith is great too but like the his name is kane like he's like a whole different kind of bad guy he's like a weird almost was like a cult leader type of guy he has this little gang that has like a a kid in it for some reason <laughs> like they've got this a weird group of people um more stuff with the government getting involved with the criminals and ocp it's I'm telling you, RoboCop 2, I, you know, put that on your list behind Paths of Glory. <laughs> I, 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 yes, Paths of Glory first. That's fair. That's fair. But yes, but I, yeah. I would just, if you, if you hate it, that's fine. Because everyone else doesn't like RoboCop 2. Not everybody. A lot of people like RoboCop 2. <laughs> but I still really, I find it You never know. You never it, know. It takes more of like just RoboCop being entertaining and loses a lot mm. of the, social commentary but there is still some in there they try there's some good fake sure. commercials good fake news they still do a good job at that um but no never you don't have to ever watch three three is like three is the dumbed down p13 version for children there's like a child sidekick oh no <laughs> oh that's the, the kiss of death for you is a child sidekick oftentimes yes he's a little computer whiz and it's like it's like oftentimes oh, the child sidekick is a kiss of death for a movie yeah it's not yeah. always. Yeah. They, Not always. <laughs> but often. A, a jetpack, which I think should be cool, but it's like I don't need Robocop to have a jetpack. And there's a no. robot. There's like a cyborg ninja that like <laughs> that like a Japanese company builds to fight Robocop. It's very stupid. It's a very <laughs> stupid movie. Very bad. Um don't recommend it. Can't say enough bad things about Robocop 3. <laughs> like I think my, my hatred for Robocop 3 is almost is with my hatred for like Blade Trinity, Blade Three. Like there's oh god, Blade Trinity. I think Mike Scott, if he's listening, is like I think he likes Blade Trinity. I <laughs> no, defended. I can't. I, I don't can't like that it. either. It's an oh. abomination. It's yeah. There's so many bad part threes. I've tried to make this argument before <laughs> about like part things fall off like off a cliff at part three. So many things. It's like, it's difficult to sustain into three movies and beyond. That's right. hard. If you, if you didn't pre-plan for a trilogy, right? <laughs> it is hard to right. push it. Like you got, you struck gold with the first one. You may be able to replicate some of it with two. And then at three, you're probably just kind of running on fumes for the most part, I think. Right. It's like, but yeah. It's not like, easy. I, it's not yeah. easy. Like I love RoboCop 1. I love RoboCop 2. I love Blade and Blade 2. And then both, the, both part threes of both those are just, I hate them so much because I think I was so disappointed. <laughs> And the worst part of RoboCop 3 was that, so I'd seen these R-rated movies, and then uh -huh. my mom tried to institute a policy that was like, no R-rated movies can be rented in this household. And oh. so then I could only rent RoboCop 3 to get my RoboCop no! fix. 
So it was like I was more mad at it because I had I was like, I guess I'll write Robocop three because only Robocop I'm going to get in this house is because you had no choice. I had no choice because I showed her I was like, this one's PG-13. And she's like, OK. Um, I was like, I guess I'll watch it. Again. <laughs> like, that's a bummer. Uh, it was a bummer. I had to fight with her on a few things like <laughs> they put out Spawn. Which is not a good movie, but I kind of like Spawn. Um, and it was P thirteen, but they rate they released an R rated cut on VHS, and that was the only cut in the store. And I had to mm. argue with her. I was like, I saw this. It was P thirteen. <laughs> I've I seen it. Yeah, I don't know why it's rated R now. And we had to ask the guy <laughs> at the counter. I had to. I the guy at the counter backed me up. Why is this rated R? And he's like, he's like, oh, it's literally like thirty extra seconds. He's like, it's nothing. It's like it's nothing. And she bought. I mean, it was true. There was nothing. It was like one extra shot. Yeah. They added, and she's like, okay, fine. But it's like, so it was very bitter toward Robocop 3 too, because I was forced to be like, oh, this is the only Robocop I can get. Um, and the cartoons, which still can't believe they made for children. They just changed all the bullets crazy. to lasers, and it's fine. They're like, if you just change all the, the bullets to lasers, then you're golden. Like, then they can let you do anything. But as we know from Robocop, lasers kill too, people. It's true. But no one ever gets hit, I think, is the thing. Yeah, like on, I guess. They did the same thing on G.I. Joe. They shot lasers at each other. Right. But, like, nobody ever got hit, so it was fine. But it was all <laughs> shooting bullets at each other. <laughs> so silly. Listen, we could analyze all these cartoons <laughs> just like, that I grew up on. Good. So we much could. violence. So much violence. Uh, but, but I ate it up. Which, and I did, too. And I, I still do. Oh, I do, too. That's why, I mean, John Wick movies, the... All the John Woo movies I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rambo is one of my favorite franchises. And my God, the last two Rambo movies are so violent. (laughs) Like the last two they put out, like me and my friend were losing our minds in, um, what is it? Is it Rambo four? It's called Rambo again. It's just called Rambo, but I I just refer to it as Rambo four. Okay. That one's nuts. When he gets on like, the yes. 50 caliber machine gun and people just start like I love body it. chunks. <laughs> I know I love it. Are we part of the problem? I love, I love that movie. Oh, I know. I, I I find it very entertaining. Like he goes ape shit. <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, this is something that I've I've had to think about in the course of my life because some of my favorite films are some of the most violent ones. The Wild Bunch is one of my favorite films. Oh, yeah, yeah controversial for the violence in that at, at the time it was made natural born killers oh, love man. that movie that's another one uh yeah i watch all those rambo movies i watch a lot of violent films <laughs> and i enjoy most it of what i watch yeah it's like... i do yeah. enjoy it <laughs> action is by far my favorite I, like, why now is I can that say, what I... what is that i I mean, that's a great question because I'm. I, I think we're both probably. I'm not a violent person in real life. I don't. Own, I don't even own a gun. You know, it's like I. I think I've only shot a gun like once in my life, and it was terrifying because I'm like, oh shit, these are so loud in person. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> it's a lot. It's just like you feel the kick. It's loud. Um, but action movies are by far my favorite genre. Like it used to be, horror was closer, but I'm like, no, I'm an action person through and through, and I love just like crazy violence. Just makes me like. I'm just like, ah, like, I, I just like such, I don't know. I'm always like the reactions to it are like, I'm borderline giddy and horrified at the same time. We're just like, ah, like what's going well, on? Well, and that's like, it right there. Right. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. is the tension between feeling exhilarated and this adrenaline rush and then also that being disturbed or unsettled you know it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's the tension the conflict between those those two things yeah and then half the time i'm just like oh this looks cool like and it's like like in a john right. Woo movie or something where i'm just like sure. oh this looks cool to the choreography right to go down a staircase shooting two guns just looks yes cool. you know it's like there's yes. no yeah i mean that's just what it is but um yeah i feel like people have asked me before too like they're like oh you like all these violent movies and like you're not you don't you know you don't like guns and like it, it's different my i feel like it to me it's just a whole different reality that's what like i get so mad as a kid when they're like oh movies make these kids violent like after columbine you know was all they talked about oh sure and i'm like i have watched so many violent movies and i feel no urge to go commit violence you know so i have a bad time separating like just thinking in my own narrow box of myself versus how it affect other people but sure you know what i mean i'm just like what well, doesn't affect me so it should you know but it's like i i just so separate like movie stuff movie violence especially and like that's just that happens in movies i'd be horrified at most of the stuff in the real world like um because i watch so many movies where like you know the cops go and do whatever they want like you know and like sure. they just shoot the criminals with no consequences i'm like yeah but like it's very different in real life versus a movie um, cause I always talk about having like the God's eye perspective in a movie where you see everything, you've seen everything the bad guys have done. You've seen them kill people, rape people. Yes. And like, you know, they did it in reality. We have to like prove these things in a court of law and it's all, you know, Absolutely. it's all very different. So I just think a movie is like a place where I can pretend that, you know, like the bad guys get theirs and we know exactly what the bad guys did and all this stuff. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's probably just a, you know, just all a weird, like fantasy of like oh it's you're just a hound fun. for justice <laughs> it so always comes back to that know this about you it always comes back it's part of who you to... are Twice. well and, you know this is a this is very similar to the conversation around horror right yeah 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 why do people want to watch horror movies why what would it be <laughs> that would make you want to watch something scary or gross or gory or there's like a psychology to this the working through, you know what I mean? Like these emotions confronting things that frighten you <laughs> in a fantasy setting in, in this non-reality. Right, exactly. Confronting it's like a... death, confronting mm -hmm. these terrifying situations. You can do that safely in watching a horror movie. Right. Very different from <laughs> if you had to actually face that stuff and in your oh yeah in yeah this in life you know so movies are just like pure escapism for me that's like that's sure. why i don't think i even like watching movies that touch on more real life things like i avoid movies where somebody's like dying of like cancer or something like the plague like i don't want to see it like, yeah see this is that's the difference between you and i friends <laughs> friend tried to recommend something recently and i read the plot i was like so-and-so's dying of cancer and i was like nope not watching that like i can't shoot that problem away you know what i mean like in an action movie it's like there's a bad guy you can kill the bad guy in the movie. We're all good. Like, I don't really like confronting stuff like like real life issues in a movie. Like, I want to go watch a movie and had just <laughs> let's put it on, you know, fantasy mode, escapism mode. Um, and I just don't I don't want that. I don't want that kind of stuff. So 
I know this about you. Okay. <laughs> I know this about um, you. And that's yeah. okay. You know, <laughs> it, film is an art form and it, it means different things to different people. We come to it looking for different things. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it is just pure <laughs> escapism. Something like Robocop is great because, yes, you have all these really dynamic action sequences, big explosions, right. blood, <laughs> browns going off, and that can be entertaining and exhilarating. There's also the satire. And as we have talked about on this episode, you can dig into... All the implications of the corporate greed and advertising and media and law enforcement. I mean, you can really dig into right. that stuff and and have like a deeper, um, you know, all those deeper themes right. that are right. present, but it's also entertaining. Exactly. You know, so I think we. I personally don't feel conflicted about enjoying violent films. Oh yeah, I don't feel conflicted. <laughs> that's, good. That's, uh, like, that's not. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm I'm not conflicted. And yeah. again, context matters. Right, right. Right. Like, I have seen some films that felt gratuitous. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I can't that think of something about <laughs> about the way it's executed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or the way that it's approached, where it feels like unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's more horror movies that I've seen, or, like, or not entertaining. Yeah, like Edge Lordy type movies. Sure, where it's like, we're really going to push your buttons on this one. It's like okay, come right. on. Like, uh, you know, I can't think of an example, but I know there's been these horror movies, almost like. Kind of came up in the wake of like Saul and Hostel a lot, where I feel yeah. like there was a lot of horror. Trying to push your buttons, like oh, let's really show you some like you know torture porn type stuff and see how funny games gross. is one of those. I've avoided funny games because I know I'm not getting justice in funny games. <laughs> like <laughs> I know that much. I'm like uh uh, not gonna watch this. I was like, um, that's why it's, I think I meant for like stuff like the Wicker Man. I think Wicker Man's great, but I get so mad at the end because it's just like man, do you? Not, yeah, I want. Like, I a helicopter. love this about you, Matt. I we, want like a you helicopter and I are come so, up and start just mowing people. You and I are so opposite <laughs> around this issue because, uh -huh. hey, don't get me wrong. I I like a revenge film. I like <laughs> if it's not a historical rewriting yeah. fantasy thing. We we've talked about that, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yes, I like a happy ending too, but I also really enjoy like a cynical like the ending where things it's not it doesn't end clean right i, I like I that, too. that too yeah i really enjoy I, that i can't appreciate all jokes i can appreciate that but there's some stuff where i'm just like <laughs> man i wish you people got their just desserts like uh and then something that like leaves me so shocked that i'm like well i can't be mad at that. Like, have you ever seen one called kill list yes Oh my God, that was great. Like jaw on the floor with what they reveal. I mean, it's horrifying, but I was like, oh, like I, I couldn't even <laughs> be upset. I was just like, wow, holy shit. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I would say Wicker Man is the example of like, just want these people taken out. Like, I can and... just imagine you 
Fuming. I was. I, I'm trying to remember. Okay, I've seen the remake and the original Wicker Man. In the original, is he not... In the in the remake, I know he's like really drawn there. They write him a letter. They intentionally draw Nicolas Cage to the island. But in the original, is it not that blatant? Does he just show up? I can't remember how the no, original... No, he's drawn there. Okay, okay. Like they yeah. intentionally... So I'm just like... They well, needed a virgin. That's that's right. Uh, like they just... It's it, like... I'm like, I feel a little different if like, okay, leave him alone. They live on a little island. And they got to draw these people out who are trying to do the right thing and find a missing child. And it's like... And then we sacrifice him. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't sit right doesn't sit right uh no <laughs> no but it's like they're both well i will say they're both great they're not both great <laughs> the, the original's great the remake is entertaining in its own interesting weird way interesting i fucking insane at the end like, like the like it's insane through the whole movie but <laughs> it's i have this weird subgenre i like where i don't know how to even what to even name it but it's like when a main character is getting so frustrated by everybody else in the movie because they they're being so obtuse with him. Like it happens in Hot Fuzz with Simon yes. Pegg in this little town. Yeah. It happens in the Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage because he's getting so frustrated with people. And then when they finally like blow up on them, I find that so satisfying. It's like they put up with they put up with it and they're like, no more of this shit. Breaking <laughs> like, point. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is just like fed up with this. Like nobody will give him a straight answer. He starts <laughs> punching people in bear suits. <laughs> like i don't know what to call that but i love that when it's like the whole movie the protagonist is like push and push and push no one will help him and then he gets to just like go insane and like ape on these people who were assholes the whole time no this is good you need to make a, a list i have hot fuzz and wicker man it's all like <laughs> i don't know i mean there's more i don't know I, I know i need suggestions but uh yeah movies where the main character is just frustrated the whole time and then gets to finally unleash at the end <laughs> <laughs> oh well Robocop. I don't know what to say. Robocop. <laughs> we love oh, it. It's so good. I'm so glad we can talk about it because it's it is me too. Probably a top ten all timer for me. I absolutely love Robocop. I've seen it so many. It's times. an incredible film. It's and I it's just in my in my personal history as a movie lover, mm -hmm. very memorable experience seeing it the first time. <laughs> and it's just so it's so much a part of like the fabric of pop culture ever since it came out. Everybody recognizes Robocop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very iconic right off the bat. Like it's just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I love it too. It's, it's just great. Still can't believe I was allowed <laughs> to watch it so young, but I'm glad I was. Uh, it was like, it all turned out fine. I uh, am too. I, <laughs> Again, I think I was shown a, a censored for TV version. I think I was because there's a lot of things that felt like they're not in there that early, like Murphy getting killed and the boardroom guy. And but a lot of it still feels like it was there. <laughs> like just maybe some stuff was edited for my little mind or I hit my head and blocked out or something. Or, I don't yeah. Know. Or you like have like a, you re you repressed it. Repressed. You couldn't even handle it. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. Maybe I went to therapy. Don't even know. They hypnotized me. Um uh, still, you know what? Not all these violent movies, not as scarring to me as seeing the night Porter at age, whatever it was <laughs> accidentally on TV. That is still one of my favorite <laughs> film fee stories. It's crazy to me. Cause I don't think I even knew what was going on when I was watching it. And now that I know what that movie's about, I was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, that... 
it reminded me earlier when you said like I shouldn't be seeing this. We were seeing Robocop. I was like watching Night Porter, like I shouldn't be seeing this. Like no one should be seeing. It. I was like, <laughs> what is this? I was like, this is too much. Like because I recognized the imagery and was like, what is going on? You were like, too young for that. Yeah, way over my head. At like that's definitely a case of you were yeah, too young to be that's watching not that. For children. Eight or nine, maybe I don't remember. It was like but yeah, nobody was around. Somehow we were getting probably a free weekend of some movie channel something, and I was like. What? But it was like I think I just stood there in like a long time in like in horror. It was like, what is going on? Like what <laughs> happening? I find like, this especially hilarious because <laughs> the Night Porter has become one of my favorite films. I, I'm glad you still brought the story up when you were on Lindsay's show, right? I think you yeah. both you mentioned like imagine little Matt watching Night Porter. Yes. <laughs> Cause that is just so <laughs> it's a lot to wrestle with as a child to <laughs> To put it on. <laughs> I, I just love that story so much. Oh, I yeah, just think it is funny. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's funny too because I feel like that movie's not known enough for me to tell enough people. Like you know what Night Porter is, but right, random Joe Schmo on the street. If I told like my family that, they're like, "What's a Night Porter?" I have to explain what the. I don't want to do that. Sure, so. and that, <laughs> and that's not really. It's not going to do it justice. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not right. Yeah, I watched a good chunk of that movie standing in front of it with my mouth open like, I don't know. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't know. I got to change the channel. <laughs> like, it's too much. I love it's too it. Much. I um, love it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I I watched so many rated R movies, violence, sex, adult themes at a young age that like I really... I'll say it. I mean, it probably desensitized me. <laughs> probably a little bit. Me. I mean, yeah, I saw so much stuff. Very. It young. probably did. It probably did. Yeah. It was if I'm weird too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it probably me too. It was weird too because it was like, <laughs> it. I it. It was started so young, and then it was almost like my mom tried to put like the genie back in the bottle to say because like it was like impossible. So my, my dad was letting me watch it. Um, I talked about before. My dad passed away. I think after that, my mom just started to put the kibosh on. Like she put the lockdown. Mm on that stuff so it was almost like but it was too little too late i was like hey genie is on the bottle it's like i can't you can't like go backwards now that i've seen all these movies so it was weird a weird mix of like now you can't see that stuff you've seen some of it and it was just very like and of course no sexual stuff at all like it, that's america though it's like you can watch some violence we don't want you to see any nudity ever like i think i told the story before i'll never forget the time that like my mom rented boogie nights and i came down <laughs> And like the way you'd come down in our house was like walk down the stairs into the foyer, turn a corner. There's a living room. But the way the TV was faced, you couldn't see it. So you got in a room. So but I could see everyone or anybody in the room because the couches and chairs were. So I saw my mom in the chair, like blanket up in front of her face. And she was like, get out of here. You can't see this. I shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> That was like anything sexual popped up. Immediately, it was like someone tried to block it or stop the tape or pause it. It was like, ah, no, a nipple. We got to shut this down. Um, <laughs> like she was horrified by Boogie Nights. And I was just like, what the I went and saw it? Boogie Nights three and a half times in the theater. Oh, I, I didn't know what was going on. So I just came down to ask a question or I was like, I right, woke up or right. something. And I was like, what? Well, what is it? I was like, what are you watching? Um, oh, didn't couldn't even get a glimpse of it. I had no idea what was going on. And uh, then she I explained later <laughs> at some point, but it was so great. I was just like, Good God, what is going on? Um, My yeah. folks tried to do a similar thing very briefly when I was maybe about 14. Where 
all of a sudden they want they were they took a concern of what we were renting and i can think there was a couple of times where we put something on and they're like oh no you guys shouldn't watch this <laughs> i was like are you fucking kidding me yeah <laughs> and that didn't last yeah, that, yeah it was impossible they couldn't sustain it yeah in, in part because they were going to watch they were going to watch and and we were there and and also in part because i mean i was going to do whatever the fuck i wanted to do <laughs> I was that I was that yeah. kind of kid. You can't mm -hmm. tell me what to do. So if I don't watch it at home, I'm going to watch, watch it somewhere else. <laughs> so yeah, this was I mean, my trick was eventually my grandma moved up here like uh, when I was like 12, 13. Uh -huh. and was like moved up after my grandpa died. It's moved here. like kind of like took care of us. And I was at her house a lot because she lived five minutes away. And sure. like there was no rules at grandma's house. It was like there was no more bedtimes. Well, yeah, you're not her kid. No, no. And she had a bedroom downstairs. My bedroom was upstairs. And we might as well have been in different houses because she was like never coming upstairs. Um, it was the Wild West of Grandma's house. That's when I started renting stuff again because she didn't care what I was renting. Sure. Check on it. But I had to be a little careful because she saw something. She'd be like, what's this? Like, right. Uh, <laughs> like, I remember I rented Predator 2, which is, again, <laughs> a very violent movie. Like, yeah. uh, and I remember trying like freaking out because she like came in on something crazy. And I was like, trying to like fast forward or stop it or something and like happened a few times. I remember one time we rented the Blair Witch Project and you know, most of that movie is just people standing around swearing in the woods. Sure. And I was like, what's all that nasty language in there? And it was like, <laughs> nothing, grandma, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, otherwise I was just renting whatever I wanted. It's like, my mom was like, you always want to stay at grandma's house. I'm like, yeah, there's no rules at grandma's house. <laughs> like do whatever I want over there. Um, it's like, so yeah, I was, then I got back at like 12, 13. Then I was, it was an open open game again I'm yeah like, you, you can't yeah there's no putting the genie back in the bottle there's no there's no going yeah. back oh uh, from dust till dawn i have having memories now of renting stuff and being right like, oh i love it oh man i could do this all night but yeah so this, <laughs> that was a fun that was a fun tangent um <laughs> stuff we shouldn't have seen as children <laughs> so oh boy all right well uh i guess we'll wrap up this was so much fun thank you for doing it this. was so much fun yeah i really talk. I'm so happy we got to talk about this because we we got like a little taste of it when we talked about Total Recall because we right. we did talk a little bit about Verhoeven's career. And of course, Robocop came up. Right. And knowing that we both loved it, I just knew this was going to be a good time. <laughs> also, I'm very sorry. It's been a long time. I think it was like almost two years ago. What's your is this your favorite? What's your favorite Verhoeven? Is it Robocop or is it? It's Total Recall. It is Total Recall. OK, OK. okay. Yeah. Um, Robocop is my my second. My number two. They're probably reverse like flip for me so this is probably number one yeah. mental recall but he's got a lot of good ones like starship troopers is oh great. yeah he's that... an incredible filmmaker yeah and the and run... you and you you yeah. hit it on the head there's something there's a unique quality to a verhoven film there is something <laughs> about his approach that is just so it's it's just it's Verhoeven. Yeah, it's just very He's, different. It's like it is. Nobody can think like him. It's like a little bit of like a like cynical, like kind of demented. Love that. I love it. I love it. I love it's, it. It's definitely that idea. A lot of his movies, I feel like the idea of like him being from Europe and coming to America and Hollywood and like just seeing apparently by all accounts he doesn't like america that much so like to have somebody come here make movies in hollywood criticize openly but like 
but satirically criticize. Yes, but point out the contradictions, point out some of the hypocrisy, point out. The Starship Troopers are fucking dressed like Nazis, but they're like, he paints them almost as the heroes. But if you if you don't pay attention, you're like, oh, wait, they're the kind of the bad guys. And then Robocops, all this stuff and like uh showgirls even i think showgirls is, like showgirls is very entertaining to me i don't know i can't remember how you feel about showgirls yeah, it's it very is. entertaining um like pr- not his best movie but super watchable super entertaining that's about like just i think yeah, kind of american dream in a weird way and like that mm-hmm. how fucked up that is and, like there's stuff a total recall like that I mean, it's just like it's like that run from robocop until I think Hollow Man's his last Hollywood movie. And I don't think Hollow Man's great. I think it's his worst of the Hollywood movies. I, I, I've I seen it many times. It was like an HBO staple back in the day. It was on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got some problems, but it's like still very Verhoeven. Like, uh, very oh, much Oh, definitely. Him. Like, so it's just a crazy run. I still need to get around to seeing Benedetta. Right, like, actually, yeah. Actually, most of his stuff post Hollow Man, I need to see, I think, because like, uh, he did he do L? It was him, right? Was it called? Yes. And yeah, <laughs> I need to see his like non Hollywood stuff like lately because uh, yeah, I haven't got around any of it, and I find all his stuff fascinating. So um, here's one called Black Book. I need to see Benedetta. I saw Black Book. Black Book was good. You know, another World War II picture. I loved L. Okay. Now L (laughs) for folks who for folks who are uncomfortable by stuff about you know with stuff like you know there's (laughs) there's sexuality in here that's going to make some people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's yeah. There's sexuality in L that's going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, people have hinted at that for years, and it's made me very curious about what's going on in the movie. They're like, going to weird some people and make people uncomfortable. Like, you're, you're yes. going to like it. Um, yes. And I still avoided what that actually is. So I really need to see it before I... <laughs> I, really I don't, don't want to I don't want to spoil yeah. it. And then at the same time, I also kind of want to give a trigger warning. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I, I... I think I know a little bit, like, what you're going to warn about then i don't know but i don't know past that is there a like a sexual assault or there's sexual assault yes okay and i don't know past that point like her reaction to it i guess is the rest of the movie right okay so (laughs) i loved it i love Mm -hmm. this movie but i'm also that person who loves watching stuff like crash and (laughs) and the night porter and and the piano teacher like i love stuff like this right so yeah that's me <laughs> oh i i almost i i wouldn't say i forgot but i was like just wow we did a whole podcast on crash what a chime that was. like the most awkward it's one of my podcast. favorite podcasting moments it was really fun because i was just like i don't know how to talk about crash. it's one of like, it's it's one of my favorites so so fascinated by crash still um and i'm still so proud of you well thank you <laughs> i it am a lot uh no i <laughs> i was scared no i uh it's like i feel like that came up i can't remember how someone was like maybe somebody saw it that i knew they're like you did crash and i was like not the one you're thinking of and they were like what's this crash and i was like 
don't worry about it. Like, I just kind of play it off. Like, I don't know. <laughs> don't worry. Don't listen I mean, to it. I feel like ever since we did that episode, we bring it up every time you and I sit down and do an episode. Uh-huh. But it's it's kind of like people who have been through like a shared experience. And then like every time they get together after that, the story comes up. I know it's... it's like it just it always comes up. It's like uh, once you talk about crash together, it's like it's, you know, there's a bond. You... There's a bond. There. There's a bond there. It's what I almost thought about doing basic instinct. And then we, well, we, we talked about basic instinct. And I was like, let's leave that for another time. <laughs> like. <laughs> more awkward sex talk we can bring up later uh <laughs> save it save it for down the line uh so oh good times uh so, always my friend oh, it is this, always a good time talking movies with you yes this was so much fun uh do you want to plug anything you're going to be on soon or i mean this is coming out next week so this is pretty soon yeah so. no i don't have anything I mean, there's some things down the line that haven't been recorded yet that I know are coming. So, of mm-hmm. course, always stay tuned. I was very recently on the Real Early podcast. Oh, yeah. That was fun. It's and Robocop came up to. in there. Okay. Yeah, because it was it, all my early <laughs> my early movie, movie <laughs> memories. Uh, so that was that was really fun to talk to Larry on that podcast. But, you know, anything, anything that I end up doing, any show that is so gracious enough to actually have me. I always plug those episodes on Twitter. Yes, I'm still on Twitter, folks. And I'm <laughs> or... going to keep calling it Twitter, too. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I you don't, don't mean care. X? No. <laughs> I don't care what the hell they're calling it now. I'm going to call it Twitter. So, so stupid. Uh, so... <laughs> Speaking about dumb uh, billionaires and corporations. Yes, we Sorry. could. <laughs> right? Yes. See, this is RoboCop warned you. Okay. Anyways. So I am on Twitter and Letterboxd. Same handle for both at Carmelita says. Okay, good stuff. Uh, um, well, yeah, thank you again. Everyone should be following you. If they're not at this point, I, I don't even know. I don't know what we got to do to convince them. Uh, but <laughs> always, like, I, I'm so mad. I, I queued up that real early podcast because I, I was like, oh, I want to know more about like Carmelita's like history movie. And like, and then I've been very bad at getting like distracted with podcasts recently, like listening to them, like I'll start. And then get distracted mm. and start like another one. So I'm jumping between different yeah. podcasts. It's like ADHD of podcasts. But I uh, I'm gonna go back. Let's do it probably tomorrow when I'm at work. I'll go pull it back up because I was it's like not so going excited. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, that's a good to it podcast. When you get around to it. They're not going anywhere. They're sitting until you're ready. Um, but I'm very excited about that. So um, for our stuff, well, I guess I will say I'll give people a heads up. Uh, I have like three more episodes after this before I'm going to take a break. Like, and I think it's going to be a pretty long hiatus. Cause I just, everything is fine. Everybody's asking me, I'm like, like, is everything okay? Or like, I'm like, I'm fine. Everything is, everything is very much fine in my personal life. I just have been a little uh, burned out on doing the podcast. I'll be happy to pod or guest on people's podcasts, but like the weekly grind of like scheduling, setting up, I always say me being on the East Coast is tough because like I do obviously the podcasts run very long for the most part. <laughs> like um, and we don't usually even start as early as we started. And it's still already 930 uh, my time. So uh, it just kind of became a lot. And it's like I, I can't make the podcast shorter because I just clearly don't have that ability at this point. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> ramble too much. So I was I need a little break. It's the scheduling. It's the setting things up. It's the edit. It's all the whole 
I just don't want the responsibility to run the ship for a little bit. So that's basically what it boils down to. You need to a break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to alarm anybody. I feel like I'm going to take no. like, most of the fall off because I want to take like a nice long break from it. Like, um, I, I say this and who me, I'll be like in two weeks, I'll be like, I'm back, like I'm bored, you know, but I do think like <laughs> the idea of a break sounds very nice every time I think of that. I'm like, oh, it does sound good. Um, I think I'll pop back in because it'll be episodes to like probably almost the end of August and then they'll take the break. I think I'll pop back in for one like in October, for, like spooky season. And then I will definitely be back for end of the year type stuff with like discoveries episode, top 10 of the year. I know, I mean, specifically, I don't think I said this on the podcast yet, but Preston and Carmelita are going to do a Discoveries episode with me. So we're going to do the normal Discoveries episode, like the one you know, with Daniel and Keith and me. And then I'll do one with Preston and Carmelita where they do Discoveries. And I'll probably talk. I'll, I think my idea is I'll probably elaborate on some things I called on like honorable mentions or something that weren't on yeah. my top 10. Um, but I'm excited to hear what you guys like throughout the, you know, found throughout the year. So I'll be back for all that stuff. I, and I may release some like... Um, like older episodes like because we've got like 120 something podcast out so there's some like way back that i think they fall off the feed too so it's, you can't even go back and like mm, listen to them yeah. unless I put them back so there's some that are really early on people probably weren't listening then even they probably didn't hear them that i thought were pretty good that i don't have like people didn't listen to them so i'm like i'll probably bring those back to fill the gap so um yeah, I just want to just want a little hiatus from doing the podcast. But... Well, I'm I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to stay subscribed. I hope film Feast oh, yeah, listeners. Was... Please don't unsubscribe. We'll stay subscribed. <laughs> a break is good sometimes, friend. Burnout is real. Yeah, I do and... not know how there's people that do these podcasts weekly. They've been doing it for years and years and years. And I have so much respect for them because I don't know how they keep it going. You can it's... love a thing and still get burnt out. And sometimes yeah, you need yeah. a break. <laughs> You need yeah. a break. It's okay. There's no shame in taking a break, taking care of yourself. Because when you do come back from the break, you'll be refreshed. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. you'll feel committed. It'll be exciting again. It won't, you know. And anytime something starts to feel monotonous or if it starts to feel like really kind of yeah. difficult to get through like it's time to take a break yeah and the beauty yeah. of of this being a labor of love something you do just for your enjoyment is that yeah you can take a break so that you can come back and enjoy it more exactly yeah and i i hope i'll still be on people's podcasts and guests if they'll <laughs> i'm sure people will have me uh of course so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah but yeah i'll be around i'll be around I'm not going that's not disappearing but yeah don't unsubscribe uh <laughs> i want I think... you all to know that i am as matt and i are talking listeners i can see him he and i have video in this <laughs> in this video call and i can tell you he looks healthy and happy <laughs> He's not under duress. <laughs> I see no signs of him being in distress. So don't worry. Yes. I'm really fine. It's like hard people believe like everything's fine. I'm like, yeah, just don't. He's like, okay. Uh, yeah. Just need a break. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really all it is. Uh, uh, other things I forgot to mention. I think that Stitcher is going under as a podcast app soon. <laughs> and I have a lot of people that listen to this app or this podcast through Stitcher because I see the the numbers and like, Stitcher sure. is like number two behind Apple. It's ahead of Spotify. Oh, and a bunch wow. of so anybody listen to Stitcher, please don't stop listening. It'll be go. There's other ones. Like I think they're all they have cast like pocket cast, overcast, 
I use Podcast Down. Addict. Okay, that I've seen that one. Yeah, I think Downcast yeah. and Overcast are other ones. Like, um, there's, there's a lot tons. of other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons. I just saw that and I was like, wow, people really like Stitcher, but it's going away for some bizarre reason because everyone seems to like. I think SiriusXM bought them and they're just like shutting them down. Corporations again. Uh, like, again, just, again. These corporations. If uh, anybody <laughs> wants some reading suggestions for books about alternatives <laughs> to capitalism. I mean, I'm willing to point you in a direction. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I grow more and more uh disillusioned. Dis disillusioned, yes. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this anarchy is not a good idea. <laughs> like I'm like, I think I'm in the dying throes of capitalism. I don't know why I said like Mark Wahlberg when I said that. I was like, bro, I think I'm in the dying throes of capitalism, bro. It's the end. It's the end of I capitalism. Mean... <laughs> oh. I mean, oh, yeah, God. Okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out the podcast in other places. Um, oh, God. This, we've done so many things in this podcast. Um, what else? Matt, I say? love you, my friend. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I love you too. You're great. Uh, this uh, <laughs> find us on Twitter or whatever the fuck it's called. X. Uh, next week will be called Gadzooks or something. Uh, Who knows? Whatever nonsense. Whatever that maniac does next. Uh, fuck that. <laughs> the kind of stuff Pretty I say much. when I don't care anymore. We don't um, care. Yeah. Somebody at work was like, "Oh, I, I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg, but they like Elon Musk." I was like, "I don't like either one of them." What are you talking about? Either one of them. Taking sides in billionaire war. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. You can cut this. You can edit it out if you want. Let's see. <laughs> I might just like ev everyone. People are asking, "Oh, should we should we sign up for Blue Sky now or Threads now?" And I'm just like, "Fuck, do I have to?" I don't. Because I can tell you right now, I yeah. want nothing to do with Threads. I want. I've been Threads? trying to yeah. get off of Facebook for years, and they keep pulling me back in because <laughs> I know all these people that that's the only mm. thing they use. Right. And so if I want to keep in touch with people who live in different states, it's just the easiest. Yeah. But I hate Facebook. I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with anything <laughs> that man makes. I don't want it. I, I don't, don't want it. I'm just like, I don't want to support any of these billionaires, but they own like everything. They, everything. Got, so it's like, where do you go? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, th I hear threads is not that great. Everyone signed up for threads because it was that day that Twitter was like collapsing on itself. One right. of those I didn't sign up for jack shit. <laughs> I said, I heard... no. Twitter was like so tied to your Instagram account that if you tried to delete threads, you got to delete the whole thing. You can't just delete one. Of, that's not good. Right. And then I'm on Blue Sky, but it's like <laughs> there's not much going on there. I didn't even realize you can't upload like video yourself. Like it's very sure. It's kind of there's no DMs. It's very bare bones. Like it's like a back. I have it as like a backup. So I've added <laughs> a lot of people that I'm friends with on Twitter. Yeah. But I if you're not seeing me post over there, it's like I don't really you know, I'm not doing much there either. Yeah, um, it's hard to maintain simultaneous. I signed up for Mastodon the last oh, time the Chicken Mastodon. Little said the sky was falling. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was okay. I just, I, I found it hard to get into it. I heard that one's like was more um, not user friendly. Like at least they yeah, said. Yeah, for me anyway. Blue Sky it wasn't very intuitive like, to me. Yeah. Blue Sky does look like Twitter. Like, and it's whatever his name, the guy used to run Twitter. Sure. Um, it's it so it looks it's very familiar, but it's missing key features. It's I don't know. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's exhausting. But um, yeah, I'm Phil still on Beast will be there wherever, somewhere. I wherever, <laughs> whatever the next social media. We should take it back. I'm gonna make a Zanga page 
uh, for this podcast. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe uh, go back. Is Tumblr still active? <laughs> Does that still exist? Oh God! Um, this, uh, yeah. So whatever Twitter X is called, and next all week. of all of this would be great in the blood in the Brian De Palma biopic of your life. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really I love that answer. Dramatic. By the way, thank you. I really wanted to be dramatic. I was like, I think I love it. So face. Uh, it's like Mark or somebody was like, I got to be realistic, and I'm like, ah, forget it. Just make it Brian De Palma. <laughs> No, I think that's beautiful. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank uh, you, gentlemen, for answering the question. I was. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I was delighted. So yeah, find me on Gaboogaboo or whatever it's called next week. Uh, <laughs> that's like at Maplet87 at Film Feast Pod. Uh, still on Instagram, but not threats <laughs> at Film Feast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, check out my MySpace page. It's coming back soon. <laughs> so. Just, I, got I miss I'm MySpace just, actually. Uh, yeah, MySpace was actually nice, and it taught me how to do some amateur coding. It was like, <laughs> um, it was simple. It was simple back then. The only drama was like, who's in your top eight friends? You know, it was like, <laughs> and then if someone didn't make the cut, they were like, what am I not your top eight for? <sighs> I gotta stop because I could do this for hours. I could go. I'm on a, doing a bit now. Uh, it's my family's like, oh, you're doing a bit again, aren't you? You're just talking, saying nothing. Um, well, thanks everybody. I don't know what's next week. We'll see. <laughs> so we got we got a few more before the break. So uh thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>